Hello and welcome to episode 13-4 of the Tech Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Desert Eagle Allen, with me on this journey of pure imagination. I don't know why I just made up Willy Wonka reference. <laughs> other, Love it. Go with it. Go. Other, okay. Well, here is the perpetually sweet Jeremy Lawman Lamont. You know, actually, it's funny you should say this because I have a great idea for a follow-up to the Willy Wonka movie mm-hmm. where they go to they go to Mexican Willy Wonka land and everything in there is edible Mexican food. Uh... Okay. We, we also Wouldn't that got... be awesome? And they have I'll a lady full of horchata? That'd be awesome. We also have the everlasting gobstopper, Ryan Linus Twice. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, on that horchata, I, I would, I think it would be the, the river. The chocolate river would be the horchata, and and that would that would be my my. I would like to die and go there. Oh my I, god, I would suck going up those pipes. I think Eric Blue Swim. He will tell you about chocolate river, but don't let him tell you when you have a stomach. <laughs> well. Is everything at this uh, Mexican Willy Wonka factory like Doritos, Locos, like uh, taco lamps and <laughs> Next Salsa Verde is, River? Next is our own Veruca Salt. We have Sage Samurage Morris Green. Really? That's, I mean, I know my my name is Samurage, but that's who you want to compare me to. What was the other girl's Veruca? name? What was the other girl's name? The one who turns into... Yep. What was it? You know, I thought you were going to co- Violet Beauregard, but I thought you were going to comment on Sage's orangish complexion. There we go. Oompa Loompa. <laughs> so just all the way around in this in this Mexican Willy Wonka, I am all of the worst characters. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And join us later, Sean Nola, a.k.a. Sean TV. That would make sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> he should be Sean TV. So. Uh, Excellent. So before, was that his name? No, his name was... Mike TV. It was Mike, Mike but TV. Sean, Sean TV works though. Yeah, Sean. Totally. It, it, he also could be like a sort of up and coming Comedy Central like daytime show. Sean TV. A, a cable True. channel in the five hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> so before just, just... we uh, jump into reader mail and impressions, I want to plug the Game Enthused podcast where I did a guest appearance uh, this last week uh, with uh, Aaron Paris Knox and Tiny. Uh, and they were all very cordial, had a great time. So check it out, GameEnthuse.com. That's G-A-M-E, another E-N-T-H-U-S.com. You know, I always thought it was the Gamey Thuse. Gamey Thuse. I guess you can pronounce it that way, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, unlike, and unlike that podcast, this one we're going to talk about Hatsune Miku. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you, you already opened the golden ticket. But before we get to there, let's talk about reader mail. We got one. Uh, we got a question from P.S. Papa. How long do you think publishers, manufacturers will provide support and software for the current generation of consoles? As long as it's profitable. Yep. Yeah. Simple answer. Yep. <laughs> done. And <laughs> done. Okay. Next question. King Cobra. What do you think will be the effect for gamers who like Japanese games of Sony and Microsoft not putting their consoles out in Japan? Until 2014. I think it widens the ever-growing gap between Wii gamers and uh, and other gamer and other platform console gamers. Who and who? Did you say Wii gamers? Yeah, because the Wii U and the oh. Nintendo stuff is sitting over there, mm-hmm. and and they continue to put games out. I think you create continue to like make a bigger uh, hmm. schism between mm-hmm. the, the PlayStation, Xbox gamers, oh, and okay. Wii gamers. Okay. So you think Nintendo is going to capitalize on that extra time? I would if I was. Th- I mean, I don't know. Well, what you want would, but out. will they? That's Bayonetta too. Um, <laughs> Cobra, I, I hear your concern. I think everyone knows I tend to like the Japanese games probably more than anyone. Uh, but I see no reason to feel forced to to jump into the next gen. Uh, here's what you and, and everyone I think should do: is wait. 
uh, wait until you can't bear it anymore. And for some people, that probably means launch. For others, that may mean a year or two. And I think the longer you wait to jump in, the more reliable the hardware w- will be. And, and take it from me, I went through five uh, 360s during the early years. And, and the cheaper the games will be. So work on that b- backlog and resist, abstain until you, uh, until you commit. Did you almost say butt log? <laughs> I said backlog. Work on that butt log. Yes. You gotta work on it. You need a portable when you're working you on that work butt log. <laughs> I say get the new systems ASAP. I know you Don't listen Jeremy. to Jeremy. He's the devil. No, it's good. It's good. It'll be awesome. It's so shiny. It is. Yeah, you only terrible. live once, and you know, so shiny. You could die before they you actually buy them. So, sure. <laughs> Blue, what do you think? Um, a second. I sorry about that. I had to. Well, I mean, the the question is, will people who like Japanese games? Uh, I guess I guess I'm a little. I don't quite understand the idea of it because the question is, the console is coming out later. So, what effect will that have on Japanese games? Which I don't. Is there actually like a correlation? I mean, it's just that. Consumers in Japan won't get the systems until February or whenever that's going to be, well, right? Well, the question is, do you think what do you think will be the effect for gamers who like Japanese games? And I assume they meant stateside. Oh, see, I assumed he meant Japanese side. Well, you know, I mean, if if the games aren't coming out, you know, in Japan, there's probably not going to be quite as many at launch. But then again, I mean, most people that are probably going to pick it up at launch, you know, North America and Europe. They're going to want it for the Madden. They're going to want it for Call of Duty and, I guess... Um, Titanfall. Uh, t- yeah, Titanfall. Um, maybe Forza and over in Europe. I know um, the Xbox One's getting bundled with... Uh, what is it, FIFA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, FIFA, I mean, they're, de- they're definitely putting effort into the markets where they feel like it's going to be the most worthwhile for them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they have they have launched early in... Asia and, and Japan and, and done that in the past. But, <laughs> and I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really have much of an idea of how much promotion or, or hype there is uh, on that side of the Pacific for for these systems personally. I mean, I, you know, they're, I know they're showing Titanfall at TGS this year. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> See how that but, turns out. And, and, you know, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, like, what is it, three months, two months, three months? Mm-hmm. Eh, like, eh, yeah. I don't think it'll be a big deal. Right. It'll, it'll all work out in the end. Work on that backlog, butt log. <laughs> back, back <laughs> Just keep working log. on the butt log. Yeah, that's right. Well, speaking keep of Keep working that butt log. Speaking of backlogs, does anyone want to talk about what's on their backlog before all these new games launch? Probably the same thing that's probably on my current playing list. I'm, uh, I'm still trying to work my way through uh, Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. Um... Still chipping away at Project Cross Zone on the 3DS. I guess then whatever I can get through PS Plus. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, there's just not. You know, I mean, I'm not exactly chomping at the bit to play a ton of the games that are coming out later this year. I mean, it's nothing. Not much has really caught my interest. Maybe uh, Aquapaza, which is a crossover anime fighting game that Atlas yeah. is releasing for 30 bucks. That's cool. mm-hmm. that, that looks interesting. Have I, you I think seen it's, Titanfall? Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was about to die of shock, Robert, because all I can remember from E3 was you being like, "Fuck Titanfall, we're not waiting in line for that bullshit." <laughs> I don't I don't know if I said it quite like that. You you pretty <laughs> oh, much wait, did. did, and then you scorned. <laughs> but it was more it was more about the line rather than Titanfall. I mean, sure, it no, could be a good multiplayer game, but I. 
Titanfall stuff. Uh, I don't want to wait an hour and a half just to play fucking Titanfall. I'm sorry. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, I mean, online, I mean, online multiplayer only, no campaign. I mean, I've been playing, you know, Dead or Alive 5 Ultimate, and I am just going out of my mind trying to play, you know, against other people because it's so damn frustrating and aggravating. I swear to God, one of these days it's going to give me a stroke or something. I just get so pissed off when I lose. Oh, you know, it's not fun. You it's wouldn't be the fun. first person to stroke it, dead or alive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On my backlog is Disgaea D- uh, D2, Brighter Darkness. I've been playing a little bit of that, um, so that's going to be in my backlog for some time. But you guys know how that goes. Spent yeah. at least 80 hours in that game. Yeah. <laughs> you mean currently in this version now? This is this is the more recent one, right? Yes, this is the one that's coming out uh, October. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, 80 hours... Roll well on, spent. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeremy. Penguins and have all you kinds of seen stuff. Titanfall, Jeremy? Uh, you know, I have seen the promotional info and videos and things that they've done uh, from, I guess it was E3 and uh, a little bit from PAX. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of, I don't want to immediately dismiss Titanfall. I, I think there, there are, you know, a couple of primary camps for Titanfall. People who are like super stoked and they're really excited about the. Um, uh, you know the the pedigree of of mm-hmm. uh, the company and, uh, and and what's that is it splash damage that's doing that is that, is that those guys no it's not splash damage or re- respawn respawn, respawn. Yes. sorry splash damage uh, I knew I knew it was something like that it was spawn camping uh, you know <laughs> something like acid that. Anyway, damage yeah yeah um, double kill uh, the um, th- those folks uh, you know. They, they definitely have uh, a, a particular expertise. I mean, they basically mm-hmm. made the Call of Duty, you know, the, the the thing that it is before they departed that, you know, that uh, machine. Yes. Um, I am kind of on the other side, though, where I don't – like, multiplayer in general, like, I, I'm okay with it. Some people are really against it, like, automatically as soon as it's multiplayer, and especially as soon as it's multiplayer only, they're like, I'm out. That's it. I don't mm-hmm. even want to hear anything else. And I am not that – quick to dismiss it, but I don't quite see yet what makes Titanfall so different. Uh, the idea of Titanfall is that it's uh, it's multiplayer only, right. um, it's you know, deathmatch, assault. Yeah, and the idea is everybody gets a, a mech of, of mm-hmm. some kind, these Titans, and I guess you can do some special, you know, there, there are a few classes of mechs that kind of do different things. And just on the surface of it, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just kind of wait and, right. you know, tell me more. I'll kind of wait and see. Uh, but I know that the people who have seen it have progressively, because uh, it seemed like there were more people like me, just kind of like, well, I don't really get the appeal yet. But, and, and I think more and more people who have seen it have actually really been impressed mm-hmm. with it. And so I'm, I'm willing. And, you know, I was a, a longtime Warhawk, uh, the, the PS3 oh, Warhawk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Warhawk is Starhawk. way fun. Yeah. And, well, and Starhawk, too. I didn't actually play a lot of Starhawk, but, but mm. just the idea of Shame those games you. that sure. were... <laughs> I know. I actually have... Part of the I, problem. Well, well, no, listen, Warhawk was awesome. Uh, Starhawk, I can't vouch for, but but there were some great things about the, the concept of vehicular combat and the way it scaled down to people on foot and the different weapons and things like that. And I'm into that stuff. You know, if, if, there, if it's online only, like, okay, whatever, fine. If it's just, you know, nothing but a, a deathmatch or assault-type maps, capture the flag, I, I'm down for that. If it's right. fun, hey, I'm there. Wait, I, um, I played with you. Starhawk a little bit. It was it was even one on one. We were just dicking around. That was fun. I think that's true. Oh, there's a big was, surprise. That was the pre-release beta. <laughs> sure, that was. Um, and, and it was fun. It was all right. But again, I didn't mm. quite. You know, I was a little bit. I was a little bit bummed that they turned the Warhawks into Max. Honestly, like I was like, you know, really. Like, uh, but you uh, love Max, Jeremy. 
I I love BattleTech. Uh, there there are a lot of substandard mechs out there. Oh, I see. Here, Battletech. here. BattleTech ho. Um, anyway, so there are people who are who are really excited for Titanfall. There are people who just don't understand it. I'm sort of of the you know I'll, I'll wait and kind of see. I'm I'm not getting hyped for it. You know, and so I look around and people are like, oh yeah, Titanfall, Titanfall. Maybe they know something I don't. Kind of the same thing with Destiny. I don't know if anybody else gets this, but I kind of get the two mixed up a little bit. Like, you know. Isn't, well, wait a minute. Isn't Expo, isn't uh, Titanfall still X-Bone only? Yes, yes. Titanfall is, is Xbox One and X, I think it's also 360, isn't it? No, I think it's. Uh, I thought it was only Xbox One, Xbox One, and that was, and that was the biggest deterrent for me was that I'm, I'm not buying a fucking piece of shit X Bone just so I can play Titanfall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Destiny <laughs> though might be going cross gen ish sort of. It seems like there's something that's going to be 360 and Xbox One, but Destiny also, of course, is going to the PS something, Camp. PlayStation Four. something. Yeah, one of them. PS question uh, again, mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that's the thing. Like, this is all kind of like this mushy thing that I don't quite. I, I'm just gonna wait for that stuff to come out and you know see what people think about it. But I, I'm open to the possibility that they'll be good. But I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting my life to be changed. Mm. Ryan, what's in your backlog? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see here. Right now, let's see. I just finally I bought Fez uh, a few weeks ago, and it just came available on Mac today. So I was finally able to download it and. Mm. Put in about twenty minutes of that, and that's a you know, it's nice and relaxing. It's it's like a walk in the park. I think is how I described it to Sam Rage earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that just came out on Mac that I am currently rocking through is Brutal Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes, I love Legends. Brutal Legend. I'm throwing yeah. up the horns. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I ha- I never got a chance to play it, but I love Tim Schafer, and so it's nice that it finally made it over to Mac. Although my uh, my poor little laptop is having some trouble with it at oh. times. But uh, you should have gotten a three dollar t- copy of it back at Best Buy. At, uh, I guess it was Black Friday last year. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> they must have minted about five million of those and sold <laughs> half a mil. Give those away. Uh, Sage, <laughs> did you tell Ryan about our uh, Tim Schafer? sighting at E3. Which one? Last, one where last, could, last year? Yeah, the one where he couldn't get in to see Lord of the Rings. I think oh, I did. Yeah. Did I tell you about that? Tell right? him about You did. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, poor Tim Schafer. I know. He, I would always let him in. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think I think I was surprised to find that the security was maybe even worse this year. Like, I thought after that year they would have gotten a little easier. But this year they were, like, really Nazi-esque about letting people in, not letting people in, holding up lines to check badges. Is this ridiculous. the whole show or after parties or, or what? No, I thought, don't, didn't you think during the whole show like that they wouldn't let us get in the front of the line? Even oh, if yeah, had, there, like, there was one in. day. Yeah, there was one day. Uh, and they, where... like, in, in the first day until they realized this wasn't going to work this way, they were, like, checking everyone's badge every time they moved past, like, any stairway, doorway, anything, and then mm. they realized this is going to hold up the entire show, and they knocked it off. It was just the main entrance for one day. I think we had, like, a 10 o'clock appointment, and it opened at 10. They wanted me to get in a line, like, a mile long. Yeah. But uh, that was it. <laughs> okay, next question. Slender Man. Ooh. Uh, how successful do you think the PS Vita TV will be? Millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Well, if you're Robert and you miss the rear touch, maybe not that successful. No, can I, <laughs> I can I share my concern? 
about mm-hmm. rear touching yes yes um the, the sony vita i think is becoming here's a problem for for sony increasingly fragmented uh without the touchscreen the vita tv of course won't be able to play certain vita games okay so the vita library is fragmented but they also advertise it will play psp games and vita owners probably know how this is this is uh this goes certain psp games especially the sega games don't even play and even when you download as supposedly a psp compatible game sometimes you have to download it only on the vita not only not on your ps3 so um sony still hasn't made compatibility clear and i think that that's going to muddy the water uh so they really need to fix that um on the flip side of that on the flip side of that this is this i think is a situation or or another example of sony trying to meet the consumer where they are uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't really see a problem with them giving more opportunities for people to play their games. And I think those compatibility listings, although they are, that's true, you know, sometimes you have a, a, you know, a true compatibility list and then your kind of shadow, you know, gray market compatibility list. I, I mean, I don't know that that will really affect Vita TV people. I mean, the idea here of the Vita TV is that it's going to compete as a you know, this new class of micro console, right? right. So it's it's a competitor yeah. to Ouya or to... Um, uh, Retron uh, 5, maybe? Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe not quite that, but like, on, I, I don't want to say on live, but, you know, on live, like those kinds of things, mm-hmm. thin client sort of, sort of situations. Um, and, you know, I, on one hand, people would say, well, people aren't buying the Vita, the Vita's underperforming. Well, let people play those games on their TV. Like, it's not going to make a big right. difference to them. They're going to say, well, let me sit down and get this thing for $100. Less, it's it's half the price. Plus of, 50 for a controller. Right, and plus, you know, 50 for a PlayStation Plus, you know, year so, and whatever. But, so. but, I mean, still, the price of the barrier to entry is lower. It's for sure. a TV. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, you know play lots of different types of platforms. You know what I can't wait for? What's that? A third party to make some really awkward, ill-fitting $85 portable screen to turn this back into a regular old Vita. Like, <laughs> like Mad Cats might do something like that. Just like this. Like, it happen. kind of monster. Of a, that right. PS1. I can't wait for the yes. for the inevitable uh, $150 fight stick to play Dead or Alive 5 Plus. The other thing about it is that uh, it'll also work as a uh, like a range extender thing or like a streaming thin client for your... Uh, PS4, if yep. you have one. The other thing about it, though, is that it hasn't really been announced for North America. So right now, I believe they're just saying, you know, Japan only, and they may or may not come here. And you know, honestly, like it's kind of a cool idea. It's one of those situations, and you guys know me with my accessories and peripherals. Like I'd probably eventually end up with one, just because, oh my god, how cool is that? Um, and I need something else to play Soul Sacrifice on. So if I can <laughs> put it on TV. Uh, I'll, I'll probably but... buy one just to grab footage. And I, I would have loved yeah, to yeah. see an uh, HDMI uh, out on the new Vita, but that didn't happen. Even though it's on the yeah. debugs, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, and you can also buy like an aftermarket kit for it and stuff like that. But uh, you can anyway. How successful will it be? I, I don't think they're you know marketing this to you know split their markets or or anything like this. I think it's just another way for for Sony to get PlayStation content into people's homes sure. uh or get them to buy in more to the I mean I've talked about it before and I think I took some flack for it in the comments about the ecosystem comment. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's really true. You guys it's really true. If I mean if you get a Vita, you're more likely to get a PS4. If you have a PS4, you're mo- more likely to have PS Plus. If you have PS Plus, you're more likely to get all the other stuff too, you know. It's a it's move. just the way it uh, yeah, yeah sure. it, that's how it worked. It, it kind of worked for me that way too. It's like I had a PSP, and I'm like, oh wow, this is pretty good, and got a Vita later that uh, later that year, I think, or a year later, and I'm like, oh, 
I'm enjoying this so much. You know what? What the hell? I'll get a PS3. Yep. And it, my my 360 is gathering dust now. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it, it I, I believe in the ecosystem. I really do. As as you know, as long as you, uh, you know. But so I mean, I mean that's the uh, that that's kind of my take on it is on, on one hand yes robert i can see all those things that you're saying on the other hand mm-hmm. sony seems like more more recently they are just trying to meet the consumer sure. where they are i, I am and certain I this that this will hit the united states i, I don't yeah. think in this day and age you can release something in one territory because you'd get such an outcry why isn't this here um you know in the u.s why do you hate us over here in america mm. well you know it's already <laughs> sold out on amazon japan apparently so, That's I mean, the, the demand for it is apparently mm-hmm. very healthy. Does that mean anything? They could put 5,000 mm-hmm. units on there. Well, hey, a sellout's a sellout. I mean, yeah. it, and we're talking hey, about it as a sellout, and it got circulation as, hey, this thing is yeah. selling out. Yeah. So, and, you know, I so mean, anyway. the, the bit, I think one thing that, you know, speaking as a portable gamer, that I've always wanted throughout the years is like a way to bridge, you know, a game I play at home with a game I can take on the go. And, you know, with the, PS Vita TV, I mean, it's it's perfect. It's, I mean, being able to take the exact same game that I'm playing on a portable, put it put it in the PS Vita TV, play it on my TV, play it like a home console game. Mm-hmm. You know, take the game out, I guess maybe do the uh, PS Plus save transfer or whatever and download the save onto the Vita. You know what you Pop can also do? Pop the card in and off I go. You can sit in a chair and play your Vita at home. Mm. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. much what I do, anyways. Yeah, that's exactly so, what I do. So the the real answer to this question is it'll be at least as successful as the Ouya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Suck. pretty much everything fits that description. Will, at least as successful as the Ouya. Yeah. <laughs> will they will they uh, have uh, Kickstarter rackets though? That's the man. Thing. I don't know that that whole public mind share of the Ouya has has just like in the last. You know, I weeks. felt bad at E3 because Ooh, the Ouya was out. We we went sage out in this parking lot, kind of across the street, and they mm-hmm. made they made kind of a big stink that the E3, the uh, what is it, Electronic Entertainment Expo, whoever puts that on ESA. Oh, the ESA. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they took big trucks and they blocked it, so you couldn't see it from the street. Yeah. <laughs> then we went there, and it was the most, most disorganized event ever. Really Everybody was. was sitting around, just kind of drinking the free water in their own little tents. There was no, hey, come on, check this out. There was none of that towards the people. Uh, and- they, they had one area where you could go to where you had to go upstairs, and it felt like the, the old cheap carnival funhouse. Where you mm-hmm. kind of go upstairs, and then there's a little black, you know, curtain area, and then the games that they were showing were pretty pathetic. I mean, I'm sure Ouya has some pretty good games, but some of the things that they were showing, and then they didn't even have once you were at the kiosk anyone there selling or right. talking about it. It was just kind of, yeah, I'll go up there, have a good time, see you later. And it wasn't, and it wasn't sensible because the games didn't really speak for themselves, like they weren't good enough to. And then you had literally nobody there doing anything to sort of up talk what was going on. Yeah, and I think Sean tripped on the stairs on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think the that's guys why are like high five and behind the curtains, like got <laughs> another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ooh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. They like all jump out like oh yeah. It'd be memorable. And then, and then nobody bought their console ever. So I, I will be interested in terms of the success of PS Vita TV. Uh, you know, I mean, how successful was the GameCube player? Was it unsuccessful? Like I don't know the people who you know, the, the game the GBA? GameCube GBA, yeah the GBA attached. I bought one. Yeah. Right, right. I got two. I mean, 
was it unsuccessful? Like it didn't get a lot of circulation. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I will be interested to see how the how the Vita TV comes. I don't think I used mine, but I bought one. Yeah, so could it be. On the micro it's console. good. Because I guess that's a new thing now that we need to be aware of is micro consoles. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think that the feature set that it offers can be interesting to a certain group of people, either mm-hmm. people who are really hardcore or people who are, you know, not wanting to spend the money on a Vita or maybe even people who, you know, I, I'm, you know, I wonder if this will disrupt the PS4. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But um, well, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, since we're getting the PS4 and Europe's getting the PS4 and Japan's getting the PS Vita TV, I wouldn't be surprised if when the, the PS4 launches over in Japan, maybe we get the PS Vita TV. Hey, the real news, though, Soul Sacrifice Delta. Yes. Got hype? Oh. Uh, I have some hype. I'm a little bit disappointed, though, because it's doing. It's starting to now do the same thing that Monster Hunter does, where they like do these half-sequels that aren't compatible with the previous versions, and you know, it's like engine updates and things like that. And, oh, sorry, you know, if you're playing with people, we're going to have to fragment your user base even more. Mm. But it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and you know why not? Again, just you know, putting another product out to you know see if it catches on. You know, the more you do it, I mean, it worked for Monster Hunter, right? I mean, right. Monster Hunter. They got Libros. G Ultra Ultimate Freedom Unite. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's popular, so good. You know, good on them. But uh, it. Any interest in um, Fantasy Star Nova? That's a tri uh, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yep, I heard oh, a lot yeah. of people saying Trice. Uh, I've actually never played a Fantasy Star game. Um, so oh, I man. <clears throat> I used to zone out to Fantasy Star for hours on end during my summers back in the day. Hmm. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, mags and stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. and the other thing, too, like, there's that God Eater, which I guess is also that same mm-hmm. sort of cooperative hunting style game. I had no idea. I thought it was, I guess I was thinking of, like, God Hand or something. I thought it was some kind of fighting game or something. <laughs> God Eater Burst. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, and then uh, what? What else did they talk about? Uh, Earth Defense Force, I did guess. Konami has one. Konami have their own. Uh, Konami, prop, most likely. I mean, they were the ones who did uh, Metal Gear. Uh, Ragnarok no. for the Vitas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ragnarok. Yep, Ragnarok. So, so speaking of all that, let's move into impressions. Who wants to kick things off? Me. All right, Sage, take it away. Neat. Um. Meat? So one of the things I've Meat been playing, spin? no. So <laughs> leap, leap. So one of the things I've been playing is Ghost Trick. Do you guys know mm-hmm. that game? Yeah. Um, which it, for those of you who don't know it, yep, it is Capcom, and one of the main um, developers. When did you was, buy that? See, so that's the thing. My oh. brother got it for me for my birthday and oh. said that it was really hard to find, yeah. like almost impossible. I have heard about it being on Amazon again, and I'm not sure if that's true or if it's just sort of residually there. I actually haven't checked. Um, but if you can find a copy of it, I super recommend it. Uh, Blue, you'd probably like it. It's because it's the lead development was handled by What's-His-Face, who created the Ace Attorney franchise. Ooh. Um, and it's sort of that kind of humor, but without the without the verbal uh, <laughs> interaction. I'm sorry, I just saw your Skype note. I got I got to share this with everyone. So Sage posted, Sean's laptop ate shit and died. <laughs> that's, that's what he told me. He said he really wants to be here, but his but his thing ate shit and died, and that he doesn't actually hate sweet fuse. And that he chooses the guy that's like Bradley Cooper from Alias as his boyfriend. I have no idea what he's talking about. Huh? Maybe he's 
do. Sounds like he's working it's, it's on a, his butt log. It's a dating thing. You, you play Inafune's uh, niece, and uh, I guess there's, ultimately there's different guys that you uh, Oh, I choose. see. Okay. So Bradley so Cooper, fine pick. He didn't no, go with Brad Pitt. I, apparently Bradley Cooper does it for him. Yeah. Um, he's not sorry. playing Batman. <laughs> anyway... So, Ghost Trick was super popular in Japan when it came out, was not so popular in the States, and uh, I think, like, Game Radar gave it uh, Best Game That No One Played, or GameSpot or someone gave it that as an award. Even though it was actually up for Best Game of the Year, like, it was nominated, it just didn't win. So, um, it's a great game, it's a puzzle-solving game, you are dead, and you don't know why you're dead, and you're... It's kind of cool because it's kind of fatalistic in a way. Like you're you you're you're going to your spirit is gonna disappear at the end of the night. So it's all about whether you, as a dead detective, can figure out how and why you were killed before your ghost sort of fades away forever. Um, which is kind Trying of to get neat. some closure. Yeah, kind oh. of. And uh, and the way that you solve puzzles is that you can possess certain objects. And certain objects that you can possess, you can either make them move or you can make them interact with the environment, and then that's how you're solving puzzles. Mm. Um, so if you can find a copy of it, definitely worth getting. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and you don't need to have a 3DS to do it. So if you're like me and you're one of those people that still just has a regular DS and hasn't upgraded, you don't have to worry about that. Um, There's probably 100 million or so out there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but only like three copies of the game, so good luck. <laughs> and I have one of them. Wow. Yeah, because I've looked for that. It's a little hard to come by. I feel like can't you get it on Amazon now? Maybe? Yeah, but like, well, yeah, probably for one hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. Like in the marketplace where yeah, third party. Yeah. Ghost Scalpers. trick was it? Mm. It's ghost, ghost trick. trick, not ghost rider, but ghost trick. <laughs> don't buy a Nicolas Cage movie on accident. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> or a PBS instead, show instead about of a GS game. Yeah. Okay. Um, sold from a third-party seller, fulfilled by Amazon. Twenty-one ninety-eight. No. Oh, yeah, you bad. can get it. You can get it with Prime on Amazon for twenty-one bucks. So I think they must have released a new. They must have put put out more of them or something because they are available again. Mm-hmm. So get it while they last because it's an awesome game and maybe it'll disappear again, like a ghost. <laughs> I saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then the other two main things that I've been playing, uh, I tapped into Fez a little bit, but mostly what I've been playing is Metro Last Light because it's gorgeous and brilliant and I love it and amazing. Um, most of us have Do you want to have babies with it? No, I don't. Um, mostly because there's monsters in it. And it's not amazing. No, it is, but I don't want my babies to come out deformed, creepy monster things. It is, it is a radioactive it hellscape down there. You, 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 you just you want to keep the sexual organs away from Metro in general. It's just, true. Yeah, just point. because of the mutation factor. Although I have to say, I find it amusing that like one of the things in the game is that if you go to where all the hooker ladies are hanging out, they've got like their own private shower, which no one else has, and it's sort of alluded to that because they have lots of wanton sex, they need their own shower area. Um, which I feel like is weird. I feel like that would not be my top priority in, in post-apocalyptic world, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> Wash those uh, radioactive things off. <laughs> right. Well, I meant the sex part, not the washing part. Oh, but hey, any- okay. post-apocalyptic chlamydia is still chlamydia. <laughs> that's true. Except it will survive anything. Absolutely. It's become that's stronger. That's Ugh. gross. And true. <laughs> The warts so anyway. are the size of mushrooms. <laughs> That's... Oh, no. Just, Just don't catch the crabs. <laughs> yeah, because they're giant. <laughs> they actually damage. 
you when you catch them. You can only catch one now, but the trade-off is it's really huge, and it just sort of hangs out on your crotch for the rest In of your Soviet life. In Soviet Russia, crabs catch you. Yakov Smirnov is on the podcast. I should have done the voice. In Soviet Russia, crabs catch you. How did this become so disgusting? <laughs> well, because you started talking about whores taking showers post-apocalypse. Of course it's going to Yeah, but that's because you started talking about genitalia, because blue is tight. We're moving on. This is ridiculous. So, anyway, <laughs> what else are you playing? Um, Those are uh, sex showers. <laughs> Dear Esther, thankfully, has no sex showers. Um, I'd heard good comments from people for a long time about it, and I finally got it in one of the I think in one of the Humble Bundles um, and played it, and the soundtrack is as haunting and beautiful as everybody says it is. Um... And one of the things that I noticed since I'm playing both of these games at the same time and what got me thinking uh, about just sort of thematic connections in general is I, I really like the, the... It occurred to me that you've got these two games that have these really different control schemas. So, like, in Metro Last Light, you've got, you've got such detailed controls that you can, like, pull out a clipboard and pull out a lighter with a different hand and use it to look at your clipboard. And you can pull out a gas mask thing and put it on your gas mask. And it's really, really specific controls. And then in Dear Esther, you can't do shit. I mean, you can walk around and you can look at things, but, like, you don't control your own flashlight. He pulls it out whenever he feels like. And you don't control You can't even jump. But actually, I think what's interesting is that both of those games, to me, are equally immersive. I mean, obviously, it's a different scenescape. But somehow, the the specificity of the controls in Metro Last Light like, really draws you into what you're doing because you have to pay attention to everything that you're managing. Whereas Esther, it's the lack of controls that pulls you in because you're, you're, you're trapped. Or like Amnesia is a good example of that, too. You're stuck in this storyline that is really suspenseful and part of what adds to the suspense and pulls you in more is that you have almost no control over what your character is doing. Um, and I think it's really interesting that two totally different games could both be so immersive, even though the, they are not the same kind of structure at all. So that's what I like about both those games. Are the guns and good in Dear Esther? They're phenomenal, Jeremy. You should go check them out. I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm there. Um, and, and I have to say, since I ragged on it a bunch before, um, Ryan, Linus and I have been playing a lot of, uh, Diablo 3 recently because they seem to have improved a lot of aspects of the gameplay that were sort of bugging me before. How's that auction house? Um, slightly less obnoxious, but not mainly while I, why I play, so fuck the auction house. Hey, how's the real money auction house on the console version, Robert? Oh, it's not there. (laughs) Wow, the best. (laughs) Yeah, I actually just downloaded the demo for the PS3 version uh, last night for Diablo 3. And I, I don't know, maybe it was because it was the demo, but I was I was just, I was horrified playing it. I was like, wait a minute, I've taken two steps back in console generations to play this. That's weird, because I hear a lot of people saying, like, definitive version. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So. Because, Ryan, why? Because the graphics were bad? Well, I mean, the graphics are bad. I think that the dodge action that they added in is super clumsy. I just think that the the that the whole uh you know, the the dungeon delving action RPG should should stay on computers. I mean, I think it really requires a mouse. <laughs> Master race. Hey, I look down upon your console. Okay, the the dodge mechanic I'll give him that is a little wonky. And of course you're not going to have the the resolution this one, but I really think that it, they did a good uh, a really amazing port. Uh, I really like the way they adjusted the loot. Uh, I found some. Uh, I was in some 
I don't know, like sewer somewhere, and I got an ultimate uh, piece of armor. We're only about three or four hours into the game, and I was like, yeah, I would really yeah. enjoy that. And, and there's not so much garbage. Like, I would just carry around just pieces of trash that uh, were worthless to my class. So I, oh, I, I enjoyed yeah. the adjustment there. But yeah, when they're firing uh, projectiles, when enemies are firing, uh, the dodge mechanic needs a little bit of tweaking there. Yeah, absolutely. Not twerking, because... tweaking. <laughs> yeah, please please don't add twerking to Diablo 3. That's the last thing we need. Definitely it's the barbarian get... getting that down. That would make a great witch oh. doctor. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't the witch that doctor would work in Dragon's Crown, though. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the witch doctor it might be okay. I think, is that is that how that works? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Miley Cyrus <laughs> DLC know? confirmed. It's coming out. It's coming out next gen too. So I guess you can wait and see if it uh, oh. satisfies your your blonde haired, blue eyed, <laughs> naked that's on a wrecking ball. That's actually the next class. Is the Miley Cyrus class? It's comparable to the Witch Doctor. Uh, the hair attack. is about the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, once they released it on the next gen, the the big thing was that you know I I had been playing it on the small screen for so long that I was you know I was I was legitimately excited to see these characters that I put in you know two hundred god some odd hours. Wow, oh man, um, on the big screen and it shows up and they're like these weird I don't know it, it felt like I was playing uh, I don't know Unreal the original <laughs> again. <laughs> wow, I was, I was like what what are these polygons that are staring at me awkwardly? What is this? This is terrible. Oh, that's my uh, character. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just a smiley like said, face. <laughs> yeah, it's just a smiley face on top of a crudely drawn <laughs> stick figure hurling smaller it's stick like figures. Rogue. Oh, wait. So so it's like the multiplayer option in Fable 2, was it? <laughs> <laughs> when all you were was like a floating ball with a happy face on it? <laughs> I do not remember that. That sounds hilarious and terrible. It was. It terrible. also sounds like some classic uh, Enix treasure game that was the only <laughs> other appearance by, by Marina Lightyears from Mischief Makers. <laughs> it was like Raku Gaki Showdown or something like that. <laughs> Typical <laughs> Japanese-sounding name, Raku Gaki Thingy. <laughs> Alrighty. <clears throat> Any more? Uh, impression, Sage? Um, I am impressed that X-Bone continues to be a piece of shit, worthless, crappy promise of the future. This hey. podcast is biased! <laughs> Major subscribe. Nelson finds the term X-Bone disrespectful. I'll Major ask. Nelson can eat a dick. It's a stupid console. <laughs> There's why why do people keep posting Major Nelson pictures? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it either. He's a meme. He's the face of Xbox. He's I the mean, meme of on. Xbox. He's the Grinch. <laughs> He's the guy. You saw the in the comments. I thought that thing was. Uh, I thought that one picture that one of our uh, readers posted. I thought it was Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. It was Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> the, well, there was one that was Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear, but there was another one after uh, before that that I thought was Jeremy Clarkson. It turns out it was actually Major Nelson. Oh, I wish Major Nelson was Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in like a Freaky Friday, they can like right. trade places. Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson can be like, I don't like your penis metaphor. <laughs> the PlayStation 4 is a thing of absolute beauty. It's marvelous. <laughs> that was good, Blue. That was good. I love it more than a Ferrari. Wow. <laughs> Some endorsement right there. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't trade an X-Bone for a Pinto. Or a Pinto for an X-Bone. 
I think your accent shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, Robert, <laughs> no, no more impressions. No more. Got a little cockney. <laughs> so who's gonna step up to the plate? You're the is host. It, is it time okay. to? Okay. Are, are we gonna talk like blue-haired Japanese pop idols? No. Not yet, blue. <laughs> hold yourself. Don't uh, tell him to hold himself. On the, uh, hold myself on the podcast. Uh, that, talk about making things awkward. <laughs> Self hug. Uh, so the other day I, I received a letter uh, thanking me for my Disney Infinity review, which I was really touched, and uh, suggested that I examine more family-friendly fare. So that's going to be my overarching theme uh, for this week's impression. Organized it, it, organized probably from least enjoyable to pure merriment. I'll let that simmer for a second. So on the low end, we have Lego Legends of Chima, uh, Laval's Journey. Which is a pretty forgettable title. I almost forgot <laughs> it right now. But but Chima is drilled into your head throughout the game. Uh, every line in this game either has Chima or Chi. Is you know it's in every line of dialogue. I almost think Bubba Gump had a hand in the script. So Chi, chi Gumbo, Chi Stir Fry, Chi Stew. Yeah. Uh, so so listeners might know I like the Lego games. Uh, as soon as each one hits the $20 mark, I pick it up and I have uh, the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Batman, Star Wars, am I leaving anyone out? Indiana Jones. Uh, so, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean. So pretty much Lord the Lord complete... of the G-Strings? <laughs> no. No hentai. <laughs> There's an obscure Cinemax reference. Um, so anyway, they're, they're kind of the complete collection. But that said, I can't help get the feeling that the Lego formula is getting a little stale. And with Laval's journey, I really think that uh, TT Games, they, they finally cured me, and I'm done with Lego for the time being. <laughs> uh, this was my catharsis. <laughs> Aversion therapy in the Lego world. So the backstory of Lego Chima is eight warring animal factions. Uh, it starts off with this crocodile and lion locked in uh, combat, and you guessed it, over Chi. Uh, the, the action follows basic Lego rules. You bust every plant, weed, tree, shrub, uh, bush uh, into pieces, and they all explode in the shower of Lego studs for you to collect. And, and later, once you head to the, the castle, uh, there's some containers that have Legos, and some are breakable, uh, and some aren't, and there's not really a clear distinction, a visual distinction between them. And, and this kind of uh, ambiguity, this visual ambiguity, kind of runs throughout Laval's journey. Uh, once I tried to collect the stud, and then I stepped into water, which instantly killed me. I mean, just the, you know the tip of my I, I toes. I just want to insert here because I yep. have brought this up in the past conversations here, but those Lego games, they purport to be for kids. Right. But I have played several sessions with my children, and they are so obtuse. Well, well okay, so I thought about that. Um, and, and let me get to that. So at other levels, you're, you're walking through, like, this waist-high stream unharmed. And then, you know, there, there's other examples of this I can get into. But I really think that there's two ways to approach this. One kids really have to kind of come to terms with the Lego world and it isn't handed on a nice silver platter saying here are the mechanics kids. Instead you're thrown into this kind of uh, world and you got to make sense of it and it, there's almost this unpredictability. It's almost a metaphor for the real world. Lego is saying hey kids the world's unpredictable and uh, it's a harsh place. It's chaotic out there. Yeah, so but I don't it doesn't have it's, its actually... own grammar. So, so part of me I, I want to see kids kind of challenged. But when, at the same time, I don't know if the game really conveys a sense of logic or grammar. In there. See, that's why I don't think that metaphor works well enough to be worth it, because it, the 
-hmm. like laws and laws in real life are not that ambiguous you know what i mean like laws governing your reality in the united states things are very unambiguous it's like no left turn between five and six thirty p.m. on Friday. Listen, you know, this is like... In other countries, it's like, hey, I'm going to honk and, you know, I can make a left turn here anytime I damn well want. I guess so. You know what the analog to this is? Like, I was thinking about when I was a kid, what was tough like this. Text-based parser games. Yes. No, 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 get flask. Oh, you can't get you flask. I'm sorry, I don't know how to do go to hell and die, you know? (laughs) You know, all that's where you just type over and over until it was, oh, take flask or something. You know, I mean, that, that is... I, I had no patience for those at all. Right. I, I, I suffered through that shit. Oh, man. Yeah, the Starship Titanic game. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever picked up that little gem. Um, I saw the cover. I, I, I was working at retail when it came out. I almost got it. but oh, It was it was a lot of fun, and it was hilarious. Of course, it was written by, uh, by a member of Monty Python, uh, the book, anyway. And uh, the game itself, it was really interesting. It was sort of like... Um, it was a point-and-click adventure, but you can engage in conversations with the other denizens of Starship Titanic. But the thing was, there were no pre-selected uh, sentences for you to say. You just had to ask them a question, and if you asked it the right way, they knew the answer, and then they gave you the information, and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, you would have to spend three and a half hours talking to you know a man with a television screen for a face, trying to type in the exact right <laughs> You know, question to find out, you know, where a key to a door is. And it was, yeah, it, a nightmare occasionally. Where did you find the patience to put up with that? I, um, <laughs> long time ago. Force of habit, because Under that was all you had. I play, we played Eliza dark, for six hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dark side of the force is where I drew most of my patience from. Okay. During that. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm playing the game on the Vita. It runs pretty well. Solid frame rate. Good resolution. Uh, but for a portable game, the levels are really long. Uh, the first one took a better part of an hour. And in most LEGO games, as a point of reference, you, you get this reward. You get the... Uh, I don't know what is it, what, the golden stud or something. For <laughs> when you collect forty to fifty thousand studs in a level, but this one I, I earned the reward about halfway through and ended up getting a hundred thousand studs in a single level. Uh, Jesus. So yeah, TT Games really should have really made erotic. really should have made the levels uh, the stages shorter there. So <laughs> uh, not really enjoying that one at all. Paid twenty bucks and I felt ripped off. And, um, so alternatively, the message of Disney Infinity. Is not uh, that the world's a chaotic and unpredictable place. It is. It's the happiest place on earth, much like Disneyland. And uh, For a like Disneyland, yeah, you'll probably spend For at least a hundred bucks getting it through the door. Um, <laughs> so when the game was first announced, I was a little skeptical. Disney talked about playsets, and the playsets were these traditional play experiences that stayed true to to Disney canon. You're, you're Mike and Sully, and if you were, you would be confined to Monsters University. Mr. Incredible would be in the Metropolis, wherever the Incredibles live. I don't know the name of it. Uh, but you couldn't visit another world. Um, for that, there was the toy box mode. And, and for this, at first I thought that the play sets didn't sound like much fun, but in execution, they, they are. Um, and they really serve an interesting purpose. First, most of the worlds, they look really good. Uh, Monsters U and Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean, they capture kind of the aesthetic of the film. And Lone Ranger does too. And Lone Ranger has this really good music that I'm surprised by. It almost sounds wait, like wait, wait. if Muse combined with uh, Carlos Santana. Yes. Is, is it the William Tell Overture? No. It's, oh, not, it's, it's so modern. Oh. <laughs> a dubstep version of William Tell Overture. It's not, uh, it's not in there. No, it's Does not cheesy. It actually, 
No, it's, it doesn't have any of these things. <laughs> you you got to listen. It, it, sounds it sounds modern. Terrible. It sounds modern, but not in a in a bad way. Um, so it was a good good music. Incredibles is open world, not quite as much fun. It feels a little empty, and they reuse like a lot of uh, assets in there, so it's, it feels very virtual. I guess that's how the Incredibles world would be. Um, Just lo- like the it's boring and I like the Incredibles, Jeremy. It was uh, Nemo. I I took issue with. Uh, you didn't like Nemo? No. Here, here. It's yeah, like, Nemo's terrible. It's like, hey, like let's that. learn to not make fun of the fish that has one fl- uh, has a gimpy flipper, but let's laugh at the fish that has a memory problem. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, their I don't their whole like... take on disability was a little skewed, I think. That it might be true, but I don't feel like the point was that you were supposed to laugh at Dory. I felt like the point you was were. supposed to be the that, like... At Dory. She was the comic relief in the movie. She was the only one that was interesting. All the other characters... Yeah, don't... we're going to go this way! No, no, wait, I think we're going to go this way! Yeah. Yeah, Listen, but, yeah total waiting. comic relief. I'm just waiting for the Ratatouille playset. When Disney and yes. Disney gets Ratatouille, I'm in. Okay, so we... we just have one. Ratatouille's Ratatouille. the best one. Best Pixar movie. Mm. Does it have Aladdin in it? Mm, I, I, partial of the Toy Story. I do like those. But anyway... Hell yeah. Um, the, the mechanics themselves in these play sets are vaguely like, uh, the Lego games, but a little bit better. And they, they feel, uh, guided in a way, uh, the missions of course are, are much shorter. Uh, really where the fun is, is the toy box. That's the star of the show. And this is where allow, you're allowed to use these parts that you collect in the, in the play set missions. You get these capsules and there's over a thousand of these things and they range from simple trees. You get a lot of trees, a lot of brush. All the way to like Cinderella's castle, which is huge. Um, other than the interface, and I've seen games I, I can't think offhand, but they, they had kind of a dual interface where you could go advanced or an easy mode. Um, that that could be a little intimidating, I think, for for younger players there. Uh, and one of the things, it's not too easy. You got to flip through a lot of pages to get different part types, and and placement can be a little bit finicky. Uh, it's a little bit too easy to get these to accidentally leave gaps. But those things said, it uh, really has this wonderful open-ended feeling. It's a lot like Little Big Planet. Uh, they offer the ability to have things like uh, switches for for scoreboards. A lot of really advanced options there. So um, a lot of fun. I've, I've invested a little bit more money than I care to reveal on the podcast in it. <laughs> I got suckered in. And so, you know, at first, when, when I first heard this, I thought Skylanders rip off, but it's actually its own game and a lot of fun. So you guys ready for my family-friendly pick of the week, if not month? Can Give I, right, real quick before you do, Robert, can no, I you tell can. you, a, please? <laughs> okay. <laughs> in in theme with anti-family-friendly and Lego, there's a off there's an there's an off company that's not Lego that makes Lego toys. I don't know how they're allowed to do that. They, with they copyright, fit but... in with the Legos. No, no, they're oh, no. they're they're their own. They're called like copy brick or so i mean it's not uh, that mega blocks but yeah mega no 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 duplos no duplos are the younger god ones. damn it shut up no <laughs> <laughs> they are a rip-off company they make Eggos, legos waffles. they're just not called legos <laughs> and they have made Waffle a breaking <laughs> they have made a breaking bad lego set which lego wouldn't touch because they said it wasn't family friendly enough mm-hmm. and it's an entire meth le- in fact the guy's what's his face is called chemistry enthusiast the main character um and it's and there are entire like meth lab sets like there's the meth lab and there's like a trailer house and there's a, and there's just all different components to this uh, lego style breaking bad set which is not child friendly sean bought me a uh, desert eagle lego gun oh my had all god the, had all the parts for it and, uh, why did you not post pictures of that immediately on the website you must 
I don't know. Probably. I bet he can't put it together. <laughs> it's probably like a skill level two. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a TIE fighter. Anyway. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, the only thing I would make would be fucking TIE fighters. Out of legs. <laughs> TIE fighters and X-Wings. That's all I I hope about. you can do that voice. I had a Millennium Falcon one. I, I want one. that to come back. All right. Maybe. I'll channel it later. Anyway, you don't actually still have my Millennium Falcon one. Oh, Millennium Falcon, that was that would be off the charts. I mean, it, it was just one of those ones I threw together with random pieces from like the space kits and whatever. Well, it's I think kind I still of have like a curved end, and then you have it come to those those two kind of uh, jetty. Well, it was it was small, probably about like a uh, five or six inches, but I, I, so it was kind of squared off. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't. It was like it Millennium like Falcon rip. Right. Oh, okay. So, Robert, what is your family-friendly pick? Pikmin 3. Oh, yes. Now, I, I wait, know wait a minute. Either was on the top 10 NPDs. Yeah, I know it's really popular to hate on the Wii U these days. But you know what? I've really been enjoying, uh, enjoying some of the games. I bought uh, Tekken Tag Tournament 2 for $20, double-dipped, mm-hmm. and really got to say the port is great. Um, there, there's a patch available. I really haven't had much uh, in the way of frame rate issues. I even bought... Uh, um, rebought Warriors Arachi 3, uh, which patched runs better than the PS3 version. Need for Speed Most Wanted You. Here we go, definitive version. It's got a lo- lot of extra content, uh, solid frame rate. You can even tweak the game in your gamepad. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I just got to clear this up, up though. Yes. You're telling me that the internet has a short sighted and overreactionary view on, on a video game platform? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I thought the. I, I, I was certain the Wii U didn't have any games. All right. Guys. Neither did the Vita. <laughs> I would just like to point out I've always been a Wii U fan, and I'm happy to hear Robert coming around. To so that anyway, wait, wait, we're getting <laughs> sidetracked here. I need to get back to Pikmin Three. So right, I, I played the the first and second games, and they were good, but they they had some problems. Uh, one, I thought the game cycle, as I mentioned this before, probably not something that applies to everyone, but I thought the game cycle was a little bit stressful. Um, a little yeah. bit more than because it should have been. Timer, you're a yes, time yes, machine. yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a time warrior. So anyway, uh, I never got the feeling I was playing in this tiny backyard as well. But instead, I was playing the game that was simulating a little tiny, teeny, tiny backyard. So if there's one thing that that Pikmin Three absolutely nails, it is I love the sense of scale. Uh, you know those apps that that they have for Apple and Android where they kind of apply a soft focus to part of a cityscape and they make it look like it's in miniature. Mm-hmm. Well, Pikmin mm-hmm. does that, and it does it really well. So, so it, it looks like you're in this little tiny, cute little garden, and beyond that, the plants move in convincing ways, and they they almost look uh, photorealistic. So, and then the water lo- looks great as well. Um, the time cycle has been adjusted. Um, there is a sense of urgency, but you never really feel like, oh my god, I'm under the gun. Um, and, and when it does, there there is a, a reason for that. But one of the things I want to say is, beyond that, the game looks great, uh, and it integrates the gamepad well. At its heart, uh, you know, Pikmin 3, it's still a very basic RTS, but it's just so charming and polished, and it does more interesting things than just combat. Um, the, I know, you know, fighting to stay alive can be enthralling, you know, it, it digs into our animalistic instincts, but I've done that a million times before. Here, I'm trying to, you know, locate food to, to stay alive, so even lower on a uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs there. I mean, it really feels imperative, which is cool. And then um, there's the little round people in the game. Uh, they speak in this annoying Simish, but despite that, I, I even care about them a little bit. So, uh, and in the same way, I, I care about the Pikmin. 
which I didn't really get that sense before, or at least at the same level. Uh, this time when the meter you know, gives that signal that the sun is going down, it doesn't feel as hectic, but just enough to give the game kind of a sense of urgency. If it wasn't there, it would just kind of feel like, I don't know, like Harvest, well, Harvest Moon is a timer, but you know, real kind of open-ended you know, crafting game. Uh, so on the third day, I left some Pikmin behind, and then I watched them as one of the native creatures that, that comes out at night just munched on them. And it, it was cool because games don't really evoke a sense of loss. And, and Pikmin 3, I was like, oh, my little guys, you're eating my Pikmin, you fuckers. <laughs> you know, and I really, it was kind of an emotional moment right there. It so. wouldn't feel so terrible if they weren't so sexy. <laughs> oh? I don't know. So I was just thinking about your connection to the Pikmin. Have that you think Pikmin are sexy. He likes the rock Pikmin. Anyway, um, so in short, Pikmin 3, it's really for me one of those must-play experiences. Uh, kind of like Raymond Legends, which I won't talk about, but uh, probably should. Instead, I'm going <laughs> to pass the baton because I've been hammering on way too long here. But Raymond Legends, pick that up. It's really awesome. Wii U, too, as well. So I'm, I'm loving you my... You should wait until it hits the bargain bins. <laughs> <laughs> I buy all the Rayman games when they're $20 or less. <laughs> Except if there's a Lego game right next to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, of course. Naturally. Fuck Star Wars. Rayman. <laughs> oh, I'm confused. Hey, you know, I am still holding out for the one Harry Potter compilation that has all the years in one game. Still holding out for it. <laughs> hey, then Harry Potter years one to middle age. Yeah. Speaking of the Lego games, uh, real quick, have you guys seen that they are bundling, uh, I think it's the PS3 versions? It, it, might be, um, it might be 362, but I wasn't really paying attention to that. Uh, they're bundling like Lego Batman 2 yeah. with uh, the Tim Burton, the, the first Tim Burton uh, Batman movie. And Where at? What stores? Uh, I saw it at Walmart. Yeah, I, I've seen stores that do that, uh, like at Best Buy at Target. It's just. You I mean, know. it was. I think it was just all together in one pack. Like the, right, it, right. like the movie was on the disc as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, but um, am I the only one thinking that that's kind of like a little bit too heavy of a movie to be uh, uh, to be uh, including with the uh, the Lego demographic? Which one? Yeah, Tim but Burton's those are very Batman? tame games to include with those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't made a Nightmare Before Christmas Lego. Speaking of which. They'll probably happen. Jack's oh, man. That's money, yeah, actually, right? I, That's a I license to print money. Something. Yeah, I'd play the shit out of that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> see, there we go. What kind of <laughs> comment is that? I'd play the shit out of that? Like, you'd play it till poo is everywhere? I mean, come on. You're working on your butt log. <laughs> well, yeah, it's on my butt log. That's... Oh, are you God. not on this page, Sage? I'm sorry. Speak, I just, we've been talking I, about it the entire time. Oh, I, speaking I, of... I've been working on my butt log this entire time. Absolutely. Uh, scat cast. <laughs> Speaking of scat, have, have you guys seen the, oh, the no. trailer? For the, <laughs> have you guys seen the trailer for the new Harvest for the new 3DS Harvest Moon game? What? I think there was no. like a European trailer where you know this um, this woman's going down to the farm and she like trips and falls into muddy, God knows what's in there water. And then she's like uh, doing something with one of the animals, just like Wait, just like what? in the game. What? Like a plot to, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blue, did you dream this game? Because I feel like no, 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 no. This apparently it's an actual trailer, or an, uh, yeah, a trailer or a commercial for or um, one of the new Harvest Moon games. And the end of the trailer is like she's about to approach a um, a cow, 
and then like you hear Sex like and then you see her get splashed with what isn't supposed to be cow shit. So they've gone the route of Castle Crashers. Harvest Moon plus Castle Crashers equals this game. Uh, well, at least the live action portion, because like you know, there's this actual woman, you know, on a farm, and like you know, she's like I said, she's tripping, falling face first into mud or God knows what, and you know, just showing all sorts of like little accidents or mess ups that happen on a farm while showing what happens in the game. And then, like, they show, I get, I, if I remember correctly, like, they show the character in the game going up to a cow. And then she walks up to a real cow. And then, like, the camera pans away, so it's just showing her. And she, like, gets splashed with chocolate milk or whatever, basically implying that the cow diarrhea shit all over her. That's you disgusting. Know, I th- I and it's a real commercial, may, apparently. They may have recycled that footage from Sexy Vulnerable Farmer's Daughter's Part Oh my god, Jeremy, you're a parent. What the hell? <laughs> I think I'm a actually, man. Sarah. Yeah, no, that, that was actually from uh that was actually from the mini series in between two and three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Broadway <laughs> the, the Broadway version. I think uh yeah, I think the kid who played Harry Potter was in that one too. <laughs> I haven't seen that blue, but I might have to check it out. Just turn that into I'll a post Lego it game. Just get Lego. What what were we even talking about before this took this terrible I, scat turn? I think we were trying to decide who was going to go next, as far as impressions go. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, poop. <laughs> All right, somebody talk about a game, quick. Jeremy. Uh, Robert, are, now are you ready to talk about blue-haired Japanese pop idols that are just voice processors with anime chick personalities? <laughs> yes. Vocaloid on, Vocaloid on blue. <laughs> You're gonna burst. I just you have like to do it. Here's your, the your thing, though. Fists are clenched right now, and you gotta you get. You can it only out. talk about it in like monosyllabic like renderings of speech, mm-hmm. and you know that. Kind of I just type everything into Microsoft Sam and have him yes. play back. Hello, I am Eric Lewis Wim. That was good. <laughs> Sing a song for you. So, um, yeah, so for those of you that are unaware of what. Uh, Hatsune Miku is or who Hatsune Miku is you know like we're saying she is actually a fake computer generated voice synthesized pop idol and she's actually really popular in real life she so supposedly performs if you will live concerts everywhere apparently there's a, a, a something I just found out about a week or so ago is there's a blu-ray live concert of her performing i believe in los angeles yeah that you can get years ago yeah yeah and apparently you know i mean the crowd's there and i guess it's what there's like a it's like computer generated it's like the gorillas you guys remember that (laughs) yeah gorillas over uh like hologram tupac right yeah 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 hologram tupac (laughs) (laughs) they should do a reunion tour with all those guys hatsune miku hologram tupac (laughs) and the gorillas (laughs) But yeah, I mean, she's, you know, like she's a real idol of sorts. Uh, she's been in uh, Japanese Domino's pizza commercials, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. she's she's a big deal over in Japan. Oh, yeah. And apparently part of the popularity is because, you know, you can buy this voice synthesizer program and you can make a song and it's being performed by Hatsune Miku. And um, 
basically you can make her say whatever you want and those at least in the computer programs and put music behind it and that's basically the concept behind all of the songs in the game and uh, they need to put in the game you can make yeah you know there's an american version of the software that's coming out uh pretty soon i think or or, or you're gonna make love songs to yourself aren't you (laughs) i'm going to make hatsune miku (laughs) sing the sailor moon theme Uh, in english because it's already a japanese one on youtube Anyways, um, so basically, it's a music game. Uh, you have, you know, you can pick from uh, 38 songs, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, What's on the favorite? screen... What's your favorite? My favorite songs have been um, uh, Time Machine. I, yeah, I really like the, the video for that. Like um, what was that? I like Cat Food. Yeah, Cat Food's good, too. Um, Secret Police was an, another one that's... That's kind of catchy, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, then a lot of them are. A lot of them. Yeah, I mean, considering I went in with absolutely no knowledge of the soundtrack besides the three songs in the PlayStation demo, mm. I mean, it really won me over in the music category. Mm-hmm. And and what's really amazing is a lot of these are, are just crowdsourced. These are songs that people have created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some of them by professional musicians, mm-hmm. other for people with maybe minimal training. Yeah. And... Um, so basically, with the gameplay, uh, you'll see all sorts of uh, shapes on the screen, and they uh, correspond to the buttons on the controller. Uh, on the PS3 controller, you have X, square, triangle, and circle. Plus, there are also uh, star notes that you uh, hit by flicking the control stick or by enabling um, a help item in the uh, pre-song uh, menu. Mm-hmm. You can have the have uh, the star notes converted to the shoulder buttons, I believe. Yep. And, um, I mean, these notes will just fly off from out of the screen and swirl around. Yeah. And there's like a little target icon on the screen that's shaped like the button. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also like a little clock hand on there that helps you with the timing. It's like yeah. you'll start swinging around clockwise. And then when it's right at 12 o'clock, that's like the perfect timing for it, mm-hmm. for like when you're supposed to hit the button. And there's also hold notes where you hold the button down and um, release it at a certain at a certain point. Um, and basically, the uh, the concept behind it is that you're tapping to the music. You're you're tapping to like certain things within the music. You, you know, like if you uh, tap your foot to a certain beat, it's kind of like a button equivalent. Um, but uh, one issue that I had with it is you know when you crank the difficulty up towards the higher levels you know obviously there's going to be a lot more notes on the screen you're going to have you know different buttons you know just button 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 and yeah and um part of the problem is that the backgrounds which are also displayed like a music video using the in-game rendering engine um are sometimes a little too busy and you can lose some of the notes in as they're swirling over, or you know, swirl, uh, swirling towards the uh, the target icon. And I mean, you, they you can just lose them in their flash in the flashy ba- background. They get a little bit camouflaged. And I really felt there should have been some sort of an option to uh, darken up the background a bit hmm. uh, to kind of compensate for that. Because I mean, it, like there, there's this one song called Nyan 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 Nyan. Oh my god! And, yeah, and basically, you know, Hatsune Miku's flying around the world, and she's getting help from cats to go here and there, and 
And there's a, there's one point in the song that I just have so much trouble hitting the notes with because it's like is the it background is just part or the yan yan part. Uh, it's actually the yan 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 part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, the background video is just flashing so many colors that I just I keep losing track of uh, the buttons I'm supposed to hit. And um, yeah, I like mean, frothing I'm frothing at the mouth a little bit, having a seizure. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it, I mean, some songs, it's not as much of a problem. You know, they'll have darker backgrounds. But um, but by and large, I mean, aside from that issue, uh, the gameplay is really addictive. Um, it's really hard to put down. Um, <laughs> I um, as a little bit of an experiment, you know, my mom's a, mu- a musician. She's been a musician for most of her life. And she also enjoyed Elite Beat Agents. So I stuck the controller in her hand with the PS3 demo. And I said, play this. Tell me what you think. And the first couple of times she tried it, eh, she had a little bit of trouble. I don't think the time, the button timing was calibrated correctly for the TV. It was like off just a little bit. But, you know, she finally got through the song. I think it was like the third or fourth playthrough. And she's like, okay, I'm, good. I'm just going to try this one, this next song just once, and then I'm going to put the controller down. And she ended up playing about six or seven songs after that. It's it's just it's hard to put it down once you once you start getting in getting in a groove with the songs and um, start unlocking content for the diva rooms, which um, basically it's kind of like a virtual. I, I want to compare it to like a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's I basically have all the Vocaloids. Uh, in like their bedroom, and you can see them sitting at a table. You can and, touch them. Uh, yeah, and you can like rub their head. I mean, it's don't poke of, their eyes though. Yeah. Ow, ow. <laughs> and um, I mean fan that part service. of the game. Hmm? It's a little bit of fan service there. Yeah, I mean, well, as far as fan service goes, the game's actually kind of the game's um, a little bit demanding or controlling with it uh did you mess around with the photo mode a bit robert i didn't put myself with uh, <laughs> in pictures if that's what you mean i i did <laughs> i i grabbed some of the screenshots from the photo mode and then uh i didn't choreograph any um any dance any uh, songs or anything yeah that's that's that uh, that but, is but... i appreciate the level of involvement because it you can position the camera you can you know zoom you can move the camera all around you can uh offer different you know dance maneuvers you could do lip syncing i mean really you can import mp3s and and have uh dances and stuff like that I mean, literally you could spend a week or two just yeah. uh, choreographing a, a song uh, mm-hmm. You can I share no everything. That mode existed. You can share everything but the MP3. So if you say, "Okay, yeah. this is the uh, you know the this, song," that yeah, this to. is the song right here. It would uh, match up, which is kind of like cool. Play play Pink yeah. Floyd's "Wall" while you watch Hatsune Miku dance. Yeah, yeah. they match up exactly, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Alice what I was going to say? With Hat- yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, Wizard of Oz. Um, sorry. Uh, but what I was going to say was, uh, you know, did you did you ever encounter the character model dis- uh, being shut off by the game? Mm, no, I saw a little bit of flicker. Well, what happens is, uh, basically, if you if you move the camera, you, you know, basically you can load up, you know, an, an image or a JPEG or one of yeah. the loading screens. As opposed to, you know, I that's another thing that pisses me off. I, I'm surprised they didn't give you the option of putting the characters in some of those. Um, the environments from the music video maker 
and mm-hmm. all you can do is just put it in front of like a static background and it's right. just not exactly overwhelming but with some of the you know i was you know messing around with it you know just trying to figure out what what i could do with it and um i noticed you know as i was fiddling around with the zoom uh it shut the it shut the character model off completely and it's hmm. there was a little box up in the corner that said um uh i i, I can't remember what the first part said it said um then said, uh, please adjust the zoom or angle of the shot. And I was like, I saw this. I was like, what the hell does that mean? And, you know, I started fiddling around with it a little bit more because I couldn't quite understand what was going on. You were upskirting. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's <laughs> not intentional and not intentional. Oh, blue. The Come character on. model not disappeared, but the panties were still there. <laughs> <When> I, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, I can see mean, where this story was going. I mean, the, the photo and mode she was covered in presumably cow shit. but that's the thing i mean well you know it's like when i discovered this you know i was just fiddling around with it and and um you know i couldn't understand what was going on with the character model and the more you know i messed around with it and i started to figure out what was happening it's like i realized if there was like three pixels of panties on screen it would shut you shut the character model off because you're being too you're being too pervy or if you zoomed in too far, if you zoomed in too far, it would shut the character model off because the, you're being too pervy. You're staring the at her. The game ass. punished you for being a pervert. I mean, I, I why didn't they just give her an impossible skirt? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, exactly. You know, I mean, I can respect the game for doing that. You know, <laughs> Blue, I can see you trying to manipulate the camera just like from her knees looking I up. I, I think I saw some panties. <laughs> Uh, there was some white pixel there. Like, I don't understand why the camera turned no, off. No, for real, could you reproduce that issue? I mean, is that an actual thing in the game? Is I mean, is that how it works? No, yeah, I, I'm I mean, pretty sure as a character, they don't want, you know, knowing the audience of, of this particular game, they don't want, you know, uh, imagine if everyone posted they're just these shots online. Oh. What's up? They're just gonna, they're just challenging them. That like they're they're gonna they're gonna try even harder now. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's not, and the system isn't perfect either. <laughs> I mean, how long did you spend trying to get a panty shot? That's, yes, this is a great Give question. <laughs> Give me a time. Up the mic and tell An us. An hour what. to ninety minutes. Four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, 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 joking. Achievement unlocked. Um, you know, I, so, I mean, I, I just spent a couple minutes fiddling around with it because it, it, <laughs> the mode wasn't really that. And by a couple minutes, know, I mean about ninety. And by fiddling around with it, you mean the camera. <laughs> I mean, the system isn't perfect either. I mean, it's the panty detection system, if you will, is is kind of flawed. It's like if you you can angle the. It's like if you can have like a little bit of a view. If you're pulled all the way back and you see about like three pixels wide by four pixels tall, you're okay. But if you zoom in by about two inches, it shuts the character model off. I mean, it's. It's it's not perfect. I mean, and you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I respect why the game did that. I, I get it, but you know, I'm it's I'm not also a, a fan. Of, I'm, a, I'm a photo fan. You know, I I'm a photography fan. I mean, if the, if a game has a photo mode, skimpy women or not, I mean, I always jump in and I snap a couple of pictures, and you know, I get the angle just right and the focus and whatnot. I mean, granted, I'm not I'm far from an expert, and I don't exactly have a professional camera or anything. But it's like whenever a game has a photo mode, I just I always want to you know test it out, see what I can do, see what just see if limit. I can get just the right angle. Yeah. Gotcha. And you know, I mean, 
it's it just it, I don't understand what the point of even putting it in the game was since it's just, just I mean you can put it you. Yeah, exactly exactly uh, um, but I mean aside you know aside from that I mean you know I mean the game itself I mean it's just fine it's just some of the elements surrounding the gameplay and the song selection just could have used a little bit more polish um, like I said the diva room it doesn't really feel like you're building an actual relationship with her. It's, you feel more like you're just filling up a meter. Because mm-hmm. um, all you're doing is like rubbing her head and, and when you give her gifts, sometimes you'll um, see like a cut scene like, oh, hey, I'm shaking the tambourine. Ding, 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 ding. Or something like that. But you don't feel like you're just connecting with her. It's, you know, you can play like a little paper, scissor, rock. Oh, which way are you going to look? Up, down, left, or right game. And you really need the vitality sensor for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the game, the game itself is is great. I, I, I think you gave it a ninety, was it? Yeah, I, I didn't detract because of the lack of uh, pantsuit. Oh yeah, I, I, I like <laughs> Mark I said, it down I, to seventy. I, not enough panties. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think. I mean. Robert, you you know, I mean, you and I have done tag team reviews. We're never far off on on scores. I'm mm-hmm. I probably would have given it an eighty or an eighty five, something like somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, but you know, because I mean, I, I just wish the elements surrounding it were a little more tightened up. Um, the live mode, which is her performing some technique, some of the uh, songs while doing uh, stage animations, which are completely fluid. I guess they choreograph the entire several minute song mm-hmm. um, and then put the animation to the, it's a Miku. I would have liked it if I had been able to watch all of the songs yeah. back to back to back to back, like an actual concert as opposed to, Oh, you can watch this song, watch the song, go back to the menu, load up uh, this song. I would, I would have liked it if it had had more of a uh, concert feel as opposed to just watching a clip, if you will. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's a hard game to get as far as uh, retail goes. I know it uh, seems like games, you know, I, I had a pe- terrible time trying to track it down uh, because every GameStop that, you know, I checked, they had just enough copies for pre-order and then one open slash gut copy, which, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass to track down sealed. Tell me about King Vitamin. <laughs> no, just King Vitamin. King Vitamin. Vitamin cereal. One of my favorite cereals growing up. King Vitamin. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> tell me, tell me about some games you've been playing. All right. Well, uh, this past uh, God, what's it been? This past this past little while. Month. Month. From the airways. Month and a half. 
Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, I've uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff, but the things I want to talk about today, and I'll try and get through them, you know, relatively quickly because I know we've had a lot to talk about. Uh, mostly kind of like the middle tier downloadable, you know, fifteen dollars or less kind of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots come out in the last few weeks too. Um, the one that, uh, and I don't have it in any particular order here, but but uh, I've been impressed with I think all of these titles in one way or another. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is Ducktales Remastered. Um, Woo! Yes, DuckTales Remastered. Everybody knows the song. Sing it now. Get it all out. No, don't, don't do that. Um, but, of course, DuckTales Remastered have... is the, uh, the Capcom uh, redux oh. eh, eh, of the, uh, <laughs> the old NES. Uh, you know, it's technically, I guess it's technically a, a side-scrolling platformer, but there's not really a lot of real platforming going on i mean there there are platforms and there's a little bit of acrobatics that you kind of have to do uh but it's i sort of think of it more of like a pseudo platformer treasure hunt kind of thing i mean a lot of secrets a lot of old school sensibilities uh of course being that it, it came from this uh done by way forward the uh you know the very well-known sort of retro remake uh you know they do uh, the shantae games i think we talked about uh boy Contra and his yeah, Contra, uh, a ton of ton, just ton of stuff, um, and they, yeah, and and the, the these guys have a love of of those kinds of games. And uh, I listened to an interview that um, uh, what's what's his name, Matt uh, Boson. What's his name? Uh, anyway, Boson. Mark Boson. Mark Boson. Yeah, Matt Boson was the guy over at IGN, um, and uh, he had talked about how they wanted to do the game for a long time before it was uh, before it was offered to them. They said this was a very slow pitch sort of thing, and I guess this has been in the works for like two or three years. But uh, side-scrolling pseudo platformer, totally redone. It's not like uh, you know they've done a graphics pass. I mean, you cannot go back to the NES version. If you go back and look at that NES thing, it's like a four-color game or something. I mean, it's pretty rough to go back and look at right now. But they redid all of the art, hand animated. Um, they've added. Uh, a ton of voiceover work, and uh, and they've also, of course, redone the. Wah, wah. Listen, I want to. I, <laughs> I got to say here, uh, people have been talking down on that voiceover work, like, oh, it's too boring. Oh, it's you know, it's they 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 used it way too much. I love what they have done with this game. I Did you think really... it was witty, Jeremy? Think it was um, fun? I think it was very true to the source material, okay. and it was just it's just. It's just a joyful little game. This game. Okay, this game here's is... my problem because this is where I my biggest problem with the game was the story elements and was the voiceover, the pace of it. It seemed like, hey, Uncle Scrooge, yes, what are you doing, Huey? And then there was this pause between them that really took way too long. Face. They did a great job with this, man. They went back and they got all the original voice actors. You are high on King Vitamins. Yeah, I, I am the King Vitamin. Uh, the, uh, they got all the original voice actors, including the Scrooge McDuck Alan. voice actor. Got to be Alan like, Young. yeah, Alan. Alan I think he's about 90, isn't he? He is. He is way old. Um, and, he, you know, you can tell he's older now. but I Wilbur think they, from Mr. Ed. In, in general, they did a, a really good job with it, and you know, on uh, you, you, so what? They decided they wanted to use this stuff and, and okay. get it in. Okay, okay, let's split the it. difference. Let's make okay. it optional, so you don't have to press start button. X. You can press the start button to skip it every and, time. No, you not only do you have to press the start button, but there's 
second and a half delay, and then you press X to skip. Uh, I didn't notice a delay, but I can okay, I can get on board with the fact that like why not just you know why not just do the like the press and hold button to skip. I mean, there could have been other ways that they did that, but right. generally speaking, I think that the the way they approach this it is it's an absolute pleasure to play in terms of the actual mechanics and the way it works. Uh, of course, you play as Scrooge McDuck on a hunt for treasure. Uh, you find a lot of secret gems just kind of bouncing around on your cane pogo stick. A lot of verticality uh, in this game and uh, little gems will pop out of little secret areas if you happen to pass over them and you can go back and collect them. Uh, all the meantime building up your uh, Scrooge McDuck money meter, uh, mm-hmm. just getting millions and millions of duck bucks or whatever they whatever they call them. Um, and uh, like I said, the, the, the music, the Do art... Do you find it ironic that Scrooge McDuck would buy little pieces of art from his own game? With uh, <laughs> pretty good <laughs> picky, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I actually like. I can buy this bro- this artwork, and I profit from it myself. <laughs> you know, I don't. Really that would have been maybe, funny, Blue. Maybe funny. I'm maybe I'm just really. I, I just have to say, I I I didn't really have any great expectations for this going into it, but I just really it hit something for me, like really dead on. Okay. Um, and no, I don't think it was. Bad. Uh, there were just a few little things that I'm kind of surprised it made it to the final build. That's all. And I'm not, um, I was joking about the uh, buying stuff. That's fun and, and drives the game. But the, the can I set. tell you the yes. thing that I love the most? Like I think the jumping the in the money. That, yes, yeah. the thing that won me over, man, yeah. was jumping into that money bin. Yes. That is the most joyful thing. And then spitting I out coins in a nice and stream. he spits out coins and does a little. I can't remember that he does like a front stroke or something to yeah. swim around in the money down there. Yeah. And you and you can jump up from the money and he dives again. Yeah. You know. Uh, that they, they got me right there. Yep. They got me, and and you know, and the way the game plays, uh, extremely. Um, I, it's it's probably hard to say that they they did it exactly the same as the original game because I assume that if you if you go back and play it, there probably are some differences. But it feels like they got it right on. I, I went uh, back and played it, and it's pretty dead on. Yeah, and they they. And, it I mean, did just change all... some elements, but. Probably for the yeah the, the the pogo cane is easier. I seem to remember in the NES game you would have to oh, jump and then like the down you press down yeah you press down and, on that. Mm-hmm. yeah so you actually they have a mode and I've been playing it on PC and plugging my uh, PS3 controller into into my PC uh, but they have a they actually you can do a hard pogo mode which actually you can do it that way but they did make it easier just to to hit those pogos they've added little achievements and trophies and things like that but one of my favorite ones is on the uh, the jungle level you can actually do the underground segment and if you can pogo through the entire way from one vine at one end to the other vine at the other end you get a little little trophy or a little recognition for that which is kind of cool um and uh you know they, they they definitely did like i said uh add in some some new things mostly the voiceovers and and things like that and it can break it up but honestly like i guess it depends on what you really want from the game too like if you if you just want to like okay you know fuck this i'm just gonna oh, skip 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 i could see how that could be annoying but um the the original series is available on amazon uh, Amazon Video, and I've been watching that with my kids, just trying to show them a little bit. And you know, th- those shows aren't as good as you remember either. Uh, but but just, I don't know. There's just something about maybe maybe it was just because I was the right age at the time. I don't know. But um, Ducktales Remastered, I, I think they did a really good job on it. Uh, it's uh, 1,200 Microsoft points. I think it just came out on XBLA. It came out on PlayStation. Uh, no, 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 it's it's 1999. No, 14.99. Well, but doesn't isn't it like 1,200? <laughs> Whoa, that's right. Sorry, they're not even doing it. <laughs> That's right. No Microsoft points anymore. So and don't even try to use your computer to buy something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to know what's going on over there. But it's the same price all around. Plays the same on on pretty much every one of them. Uh, Wii U though, it's out on Wii U. I think did it did it actually come out on Wii U? 
it was supposed to be on Wii U, and it may be out on Wii U. Uh, I didn't play it on Wii U, Woo. but... Woo! Wii U! <laughs> um, and, uh, like I said, just generally speaking, I think that you can tell that they, they went over this game with a loving touch. Um, and I, and to me, that's something that that is... I, I mean, I absorb that. I, you can tell they did it, and, and to me, that that adds that certain something to to a game. And and it's just a great. People have wanted it to be remade for a long time, and I think it's probably the like the best possible remake that we that we could have got of that game. It's just really good. So there was actually a uh, PS3 retail release that's actually just a download, download card in a box. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like the boxes. Um, if you hate the planet. enjoy that limited edition. Yeah, they did a lot of interesting things. Like they, uh, you guys probably saw the uh, the promo things that they did for like press the press kits and stuff. The gold Ducktales cartridges that actually were a working NES version of the original Ducktales game and gold carts. Uh, yeah, it was pretty they cool didn't looking. Send me stuff. one. <laughs> well, Assholes. You know what? I and probably well they didn't either because you're shitting all over it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I just don't like the voice. It's God. boring. You know what? Hater. Hater, you're just they have to hater. explain everything. It's just a plot. Yeah, Make I mean, and, and Make it funny. like the jungle, the jungle level that I mentioned. Um, you know, it's like every time it, it, there are like these coins that you have to get, and he has something to say about it, everyone. And, and yeah, it breaks up the flow. It does. Sure. It does. It does. But like I said, uh, I mean, just make it optional. Yeah, if you want to listen to a ninety-year-old man rattle on about whatever. Oh God. Oh my God. I I think that it I think that it works. I think they did a good job with it. And you know what? If you're really bothered by it, if that's gonna break it for you, take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> what is this Monday night football? That's right. That's right. My way or the highway. You got the attenuation factor. Um, no, but I, at least look into it. Look at some videos of people playing it and listen to that music. It's the you know everybody knows the moon theme, right? Yep. You, you know, Jake it, Kaufman did a great job with the music. Yes, that guy hits like every mm-hmm. time. I don't know how he does it, but really in this case, mix of uh, you know the same melodies, but they feel a little bit more orchestral. Yes, I mean this is not this is not like chip tuney stuff. It's it's just a very tasteful. But it doesn't deviate from the from the melodies. It's still no, right? You're you're right. It doesn't. It's good. So good stuff, in my opinion. Well worth it if you you know. If you watch the original show as a kid, uh, if you if you have a lightness in your heart and aren't a giant ass like Robert Desert Eagle Thank Allen, you. Uncle yeah. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> they even got the like the voice actress or, or whoever it is who does Huey, Dewey, and Louie. You know, listening to them talk about it, they're like, "Oh, Huey does this certain thing, and Dewey's a little got a little bit of a lower voice." And I mean, they they just really paid attention to to all of the little details in this. It's just it's just really well done. So anyway, I I can repeat myself all day long on Ducktales Remastered. But anyway, check it out. Look at some videos. It may be your thing, and maybe it's not. Um, so the other thing I've been playing that uh, recent release is uh, Dragon Fantasy Book Two, which uh, came out on uh, PS3, PS Vita. Uh, earlier this week, and it is the sequel to Dragon Fantasy Book 1, which we talked about on this show uh, back at the time that it came out. Uh, Sequel uh, now is sort of progressing in the homage timeline from the the Book 1, which was original NES, and, you you know, the thing was you could toggle it between sort of a a 8-bit NES and kind of a pseudo 16-bit kind of thing. Uh, This game now is more into the uh, SNES, really real 16-bit uh, kind of RPGs, uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, what, like, uh, Alundra was on PlayStation, but, you know, something like that. Like, what, what's an example of, a, of, a, of an RPG here that was on the SNES? Uh, uh, Secret of Mana. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit Secret of Mana-esque. 
Um, you, you know, they have a lot more animations. Uh, it, I think I mentioned it has kind of a Mode 7 element to it, so they have overworld things and little cutscenes where the Mode 7 sort of rotates around. Um, the combat has also gotten more interesting as well. Um, you have uh, new kinds of abilities and, and things of that nature, including... Um, so before, in the book one, it was more like the original Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, where you'd have the good guys line up on one side, the bad guys line up on the other side, and you just hit commands, and it might hit, and there, there are, you know, uh, damage that's done and things like that. Here now, they have a um, sort of a more modern kind of, uh, not really grid-based, but it's sort of a geographic sort of uh, battlefield, and you can do... Um, area of effect attacks. So you can do spin attacks and dash attacks that, you know, you line up a, a certain circular area to attack everybody who happens to touch that area in a given range, or you can do a little swath of damage. And if the, if the enemies are lined up there, because they'll dynamically like move around, or as you get into a battle, little guys who are off the screen in the, in the overworld, they might actually, little exclamation points come and they join the battle. So you can actually accumulate bad guys. And there's, uh, you know, they, they just have it set where you can sort of manage more enemies at once um and the same thing is true of the uh j just in general the animations and things going on in the overworld uh more interesting npcs to talk to um kids will chase each other around you'll you'll actually see other characters like climbing ladders and and um you know it it, it really is a, a more modern kind of uh, game uh once again you play the protagonist from the first game ogden who's sort of a middle-aged balding uh you know, red hair. Named after dude. the town in Utah? Uh, you know, I, I'm <laughs> glad that you mentioned that. No. Uh, in fact, I believe that the character is based on the father of one of the designers who I believe passed away from cancer. Uh, but there Normal. is all. Jeremy so. Jesus. Yeah, I brought it down, right? Yep. Yeah. Down now. Actually, it, it, in fact, they've inserted themselves into the game and uh, you, you can see them running around. In fact, uh, one of the neat things about this also is the music. Uh, the music was passable in the first game, but they actually got Dale North, who I, I believe he's most well known for working at Destructoid, I think. He, he serves in some capacity at Destructoid, but I know him best for his, his musical work, which he's uh, he has done uh, an album or two with, um, uh, what's the guy's name? He goes by Mustin, I think, from the, the one-ups. Um, and he, he's done the music for this, and it, it's really well done, uh, the music in this game. A lot more interesting types of musical cues. Uh, if you had played those kinds of games on the Super Nintendo or you know maybe the Genesis or, or, or early PlayStation types of games, um, this, I think, will speak to you in, in some way. Um, the, the only thing about it is, I mean, you know, Robert mentioned for DuckTales, kind of the humor being kind of like lame and stuff. It, this has its moments. It has some funny moments, but it also has. It, it, this is a parody sort of game, so uh, it, everything is a reference. Um, you know, even the gameplay styles are sort of homages to things that have come before. And the writing, you know, it's it's all right. And you know, you might laugh once or twice, um, but it is a little it is a little cornball sometimes. Um, but just generally speaking, I think it's a more interesting game to play than the first one. Um, the the interactions that you have with the game I think are more interesting. They've upped the ante in terms of like the number of health points you get and the amount of damage you do. So I remember when I was you know playing the original Final Fantasy and it was like oh ten points of damage and you're like yeah ten points of damage. Final Fantasy VII comes around and you're like eight hundred points of damage. Yeah. Uh, that, that they kind of do the same thing here where everything is sort of ratcheted up a little bit more and you know so you're getting into hundreds of points of damage pretty easily. Have you played uh, this guy, Jeremy? Uh. <laughs> I, I uh, here's the thing. I bought this guy up, okay. but I have not. Uh oh. There's moves yeah, that have like eight billion Look, points of damage. Yeah, and I've heard about that. And there's stuff where you can like max out the number of digits and stuff. So it's mm -hmm. like nine 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 nine. Yep. 
Um, but you, you know that that is the that is the style of this game where it sort of has progressed generationally now to, to something new, and it really is uh, pretty neat. It's a cross buy game for PS3 and Vita, um, and, and I believe of course this game originally came out on iOS, so uh, you know it may even be less expensive there. Uh, I want to say it's ten dollars, I think on the PlayStation Network. Um, but I, I have enjoyed my time with that. And um, How much was the original? Uh, the same. Same. $10, I you believe should, it was. Oh, okay. So I thought I bought it. I picked it up. I haven't played it yet. I thought it was like 3 bucks. Uh, no, it's sale? not that much. I mean, it might be on sale. It been PS Plus. PS Plus, yeah. yeah PS Plus, some, yeah. Yeah, there have been some decent sales on that. So, you know, again, there may be some sales on this too. But I'm if such that... a PS Plus whore. I bought yeah. Zombie Driver HD because it was 5 bucks. I kind of yeah. regret it. Hey, I bought. Uh, I, I bought buyer's Amy. remorse. Fifteen minutes in, I bought Amy hmm. for like ninety nine uh, cents or whatever it was, even though everybody said, "Oh, it's terrible. I hate it." Uh, and I actually watched people play it, but uh, and I and I haven't played it yet. But I, you know, hey, Steer I'll buy it. Clear a zombie driver. Really? I think I think I actually have Zombie Driver. Uh, <laughs> steer clear. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so Dragon Fantasy Book Two. Um, other thing I've been playing is uh, on also Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and just came out on PC as well. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons from uh, Believe It or Not, Starbreeze, Starbreeze mm-hmm. Studio, the people who uh, brought us the Riddick game, Riddick. Uh, yeah. Sol- mm-hmm. They also recently released Payday Two. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, this game is is a lot different from from that stuff. This this game is a sort of a story based puzzle platformer. It, it, the, the game actually looks a lot like Fable. Uh, it has sort of that um, that that kind of art style. Like the people are sort of uh, I don't want to say they're blocky, but you know they're sort of chunky kind of people with you know big forearms and things like that and kind of you know expressive hair. <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but they did this in conjunction with uh, with a director, a Swedish director, uh, who nobody's ever heard of, but I, I bring that up because the the, um, the game is a very tight little uh, sort of self-encapsulating kind of experience that you can have in maybe three or four hours tops. Uh, the idea of Brothers of Tale of Two Sons is that you play a pair of brothers uh, who are also sons, um, they uh, they are on a quest to get some medicine for their father who's taken ill. And the hook of this game, kind of the gimmick of it, is that you control these two characters simultaneously, each with one of the control sticks on your controller. Um, hmm. Assuming if you're playing on PC, maybe you do the WASD. Oh, in that's there. like uh, what was it? Cookie, cookies and cream. Uh, a little. Well, cookies and cream you could actually have full-on two-player. But you know what it reminded me of is on the Wii U, uh, on the Nintendo Land. There's actually there are a couple of mini games like where you could play as uh, uh, oh, Booker, yeah. Opper, the the police dogs, and mm-hmm. one person have to like chase down everybody else with the two sticks on the pad. So it's kind of like that, and it's it's a little weird to get a hold of. To, to wrap your head around the idea of moving those two characters. And then each one also, if you squeeze the triggers, they have one action button. So it sort of harks back to, you know, like... Uh, I, I kind of want to say the Lost Vikings or something like that, mm. where each character kind of can do one thing. There's an older brother and a younger brother, um, and they have different kinds of personalities. And you can interact with a lot of different things. It's not just puzzles. You'll you'll sort of meet people as, as you go through the story, and the younger brother might kind of be a brat or something and kind of, you know, like, hey, what's a, what's that over there? And ho, ho, ho. Also, everybody speaks in 
uh, a fake language. So there's no dialogue. Everything is sort of emoted, which again, I think kind of goes back to the directorial, you know, movie sort of storytelling uh, basis of it. Everybody emotes and, and they speak some language that I, from what I understand, it's sort of based on Lebanese or something, but it's, it's basically gibberish. Um, <laughs> and so, so the older brother and the younger brother, uh, they'll interact with people differently. Um, they'll interact with puzzles differently. And so the idea is that you'll try and, and move them around to work in conjunction with one another to overcome obstacles. Like you might have have that they might both have to carry something so you'll have to use your right stick to put the younger brother in front and the older brother might go in back and then you have to squeeze the trigger and then move them both simultaneously um, you might have things where someone needs to climb up so you use the older brother to give the younger brother a leg up and then he you know throws down a rope or something like that um, and the game is very fairy tale like um, so they will they progress through lots of different you know uh, fairy tale towns and then onto mountains and then through caves and uh, you know, just all sorts of different fairy, you know, meeting ogres and trolls and, and just, just all kinds of red houses, uh, kind of like, there's not really like a witch, but, but yeah, like perils and things like that. Just sort of very, um, it, it has kind of a, you know, grim brothers nouveau sort of thing where it's like, Oh, it's kind of dark fairy tale. Um, but, but again, it has the art style of like a fable. So it's also very, uh, picturesque and fantastical and things like that. Um, one thing I want to say about Brothers, I did enjoy it. I pl played it all the way to the end. Um, the, the puzzles are never repeated, which is kind of neat. They they basically are always doing something new and different with the two characters. And sometimes the puzzles are based on positioning them in a certain way, like moving one and then moving the other to advance through certain things. Sometimes it's uh, you know they go different routes through uh, you know navigating cave areas or something like that and so one of them has to like cookies and cream if any, you know anybody out there knows cookies and cream the idea was that you would have two characters who would sort of go through different tracks and one of them would you know pull up a, a lever that would allow the other one to pass and then that one would get through and pull the lever or, or like portal 2 some of the co-op sort of puzzles in portal mm -hmm. 2 asynchronous kind of kind of puzzles uh like so, Arpia 2 for our bro yeah Six. and you can do like high fives and stuff right slap <laughs> ass yeah exactly <laughs> um but the thing I kind of want to say about Brothers, I really did enjoy it. There are some very touching, um, you know, very interesting moments. And, and it is an experience that, that I particularly enjoyed, but I could see how this might not necessarily be for everybody. Um, so for the camp that, you know, had a problem with um, uh, Limbo or something because, you know, it was a short experience that was, you know, 15 bucks or whatever it was. Or for people who don't really dig the, you know, sort of touching moments kinds of games, those those sorts of things. I could see that this might not be for everybody. On the other hand, I also, you know, to hear some folks talk about this on, on Twitter and, and, you know, reviews and things, where this is like this amazing must-play, must-experience kind of thing, I didn't really fall that much in love with it either. Um, it was really cool, and there's, uh, you know, it has some great kickers and some, you know, they really the the, the gimmicky thing of the the two characters. I think it does pay off, and and you know, by by the end of the game, it it is a really good experience to have. Um, I, I don't know if it really elevates above the you know more than the sum of its parts kinds of things. I mean, it basically is a story-based puzzling platformer where you control two characters, and you know it 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 just is well put together. Um, no bugs, no glitches. Some some very interesting optional moments through the game. Um, so there is a little bit of replayability, um, but but it really is about the experience of going through it. Um, you know, there's not a lot of not a lot of death and and you know peril. 
Um, sometimes you'll get stuck on a, on a puzzle and you might have to think about it a little bit. I actually did run into at least one section where I, I didn't know how to proceed or I wasn't given really great cues by the, by the game. And so I'd had to, I had to repeat something really annoying like a dozen times until I figured out, Oh, just go the other way. And you know, that was the solution. Um, but, but generally speaking, if, if that kind of game, if you like the look and, and the style of games like Fable and you're interested in a, an experience that you can sit down and play from beginning to end in a short period of time, one or two sittings, uh, which is something that, that appeals to me. Um, I, I love, in fact, that's why, even though, you know, Sage had mentioned earlier the, the backlogs and things like that, I, I, I will play something like this if I can get out of, get it out of the way in a, in a couple of days. Um, and I'm glad I did, uh, but I guess just go into it with sort of, um, you know, tempered expectations, I guess. Uh, because like I said, it, it, just the style of the game, I can sort of tell, is, is not really for everybody. So, uh, How much is it? Uh, 15 I believe. I think I think all of these are, are 10 or 15 bucks. So this one I want to say is $15 on any of the three platforms, uh, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, or uh, Steam. I believe on PC it's only on Steam right now, so... Uh, the very last thing that I want to talk about is uh, actually was a surprisingly um, impressive game to me, which uh, is only available on the 3DS eShop, which I can't think of the last time I talked about an eShop game. Uh, this game is called SteamWorld Dig, A Fistful of Dirt. And um, it's a, uh, again, just a little, uh, you know, bite-sized experience. And this game impressed me because it was more than what I thought it was going to be, even when I started playing it. So the idea of SteamWorld Dig is you play, uh, it is, again, a side-scrolling um, platformer in a, in a true sense, but it's also a game about excavation. So you play as Rusty, who is kind of this Old West steam robot, steam-based kind of robot, and he, the, the story is he inherits this mining town or something from his dead uncle, something like that. But anyway, the, the, the gist of the game, the, the way the game actually plays is like a cross between, I want to say, like Dig Dug. Is that a little too old a reference? Do people still know what Dig Dug is? Oh, I remember Dig Dug. Okay, so... What the so, hell's a Dig Dug? Yeah, right, oh, exactly. Stop it. <laughs> so, uh, or like, what's a, um, I'm trying to think of, an, of another... Mr. Driller. Yeah, Mr. Driller, or you know, the, the idea is every, everything, so the game is laid out, you, you, you descend into this um, sort of uh, destructible environment that's sort of grid-based, and you, you start out with a pickaxe, and all that you can do when you start out is do kind of a mediocre sort of jump, and you can swing this pickaxe, and um, you, you basically are, are traversing your way downward, and you know, you'll, you'll start out with different densities of dirt, so you might, it might take a couple of hits to, to dig away a square of dirt, and um, and as you start digging, you'll come across uh, ore and gems and different obstacles. Like if you dig underneath a rock, the rock might start to tremble and then fall down. And if you are under it, it'll squash you. Um, Just like Dig Dug? Yeah, exactly. Just like Dig Dug. And there are monsters in there that no you can either... Pukas. Yeah, no, no Pukas. Or Figars. No Figars. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jeremy. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, the, uh, the thing about it, though... Even even when I first started playing it, I'm like, oh geez, what is this? Like, because the thing is that as you as you dig gems, you have a limited capacity to carry the gems and things, and then you climb your way back up. So you have the ability to sort of wall jump or wall climb, and you just go all the way back up. You climb up out, and in this little mining town, there are you know 
residents there who do different things. Like some of them will buy your, your gems off of you. There's another guy who will sell stuff and, you know, more people are added on as you progress through the game. Um, and then you go back down and do it again. And you have sort of a mini-map. You can see where you're headed toward. And, and it's randomized, too. It, yeah, it is. So so totally randomly generated. And uh, so, so it plays like a cross between Dig Dug and Metroid. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, you start out with just a simple jump and a dig, but eventually, and I can't remember the, the powers that you get, but eventually, you, get you know, a steam I mean, jump. Metroid, right? So eventually, you get like the equivalent of like a double jump, and eventually, you get to, um, you get like a special kind of attack, or you get a, a, a like a like uh, spoilers. I don't know. It's you know, it's just an experience, but you get like a, a, a steam drill that will start to drill through lots of, of blocks at once, um, and, and that eventually allows you to dig through different kinds of dirt so eventually you get into harder dirt that'll take more hits with the pickaxe or as you go back up you can upgrade your pickaxe um, and you get these abilities and you can eventually drop things like teleporters so you don't have to climb up all the way but that was the thing for me at first like the first probably 30 minutes of the game I was like oh I'm like okay I'm going down for two minutes and then I've got to go back up and I'm going down again and now I'm full again so let's go back up and I started to get really kind of bugged by it but eventually when I started upgrading my uh, storage capacity mm-hmm. and upgrading my pickaxe and you start your light to, your lamp. Yeah, your yeah. So that's that's a great point. So the other thing is you have this little fire uh, that that uh, a fire meter, a light meter that um, because as you go down, you kind of have to see where you're going, not not just where you're physically moving your character, but where you want to dig next. And yeah. because it's totally open to you, like you could dig straight down if you wanted to, and you know what whatever would happen would happen. But you might see like, oh, you know what? I got to go over here and dig some gold. Oh, wait, there's another thing over here. Let me dig a little bit further. Oh crap, that one's up, and I can only dig down. So I'm going to go back up and you know climb up to where I was before, and then dig down through that. And eventually you you build this little patchwork of of tunnels and mazes for yourself. And you start to kind of become familiar with with your space that you created. Um, and uh, and again, you you know the, the light meter will sort of slowly sort of drain down, so you'll you'll have to go back up, or you can sometimes if you kill an enemy, you might get a little boost to your your fire meter. Um, or you have a, a water meter for doing things like steam jumps or, or the steam drill that I mentioned. Um, and it eventually it sort of was a slow progression for me to understand what this game really was Mm -hmm. but once i started to get it and once i started realizing oh i'm unlocking powers this game is metroid that i build for myself um and then the other thing i wanted to add was you learn from almost from game to game the mechanics or how you should be drilling like the first one i just went after you know pockets of ore and navigating my way up was kind of a pain in the ass and then you learn to make these vertical you know, straight vertical kind of hallways, and you design almost a, an inverse of a building. You design these tunnels for easy navigation. And I thought that yeah, was yeah. really cool. You learn how to use the environment each successive time you play the game. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's not really clear right at first, and you're just like, oh, what the hell? I'm no, gonna... it doesn't give you much of an instruction at all. And I think that that's really cool. And and I could really see people. So I, I specifically wanted to make sure to talk about this game because I could see mm-hmm. people like a not even knowing that it exists to begin with, yeah, uh, because it is on three D. Yeah, it's on eShop. Uh, although I heard from the from the developers, Image and Form, they said that they actually got to the top of the eShop charts, which I don't know what that means, but yes. they did. and so they even cool. chimed in. So check out our review. Um, very nice guy. You know, spent a lot of time um, talking to our readers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just kind of a cool mashup of ideas, just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you ever yeah. play Miner on the Commodore? Miner, Miner Dig Deep or whatever. That's the new one. No, I think it was just but, called Miner, and I'm talking about like the Commodore Pet Days, Jeremy. Uh, there, there was a magazine called uh, No, it wasn't called Compute. It was a magazine that came on cassette, 
And I was trying to find the the history of this game, and I even talked to you know some of the developers. And there are kind of more mining games, and I was trying to find the first one. And as far as I could tell, was this first one that came on this uh, cassette magazine, and it was almost a roguelike. It did not have the uh, real time elements where you would go and you'd move uh, kind of a cursor, and it was a mine. It had an elevator. You would kind of go down and dig, and there were you know different uh, elements in there. It would kind of clue you to where ore was, but very similar in this. And you go to the surface, and it was more of a of a simulation. You would try to um, earn as much money as possible, uh, kind of the same way. Games were super creative back then. Um, yeah, and yeah. they're creative now. You know what? Video games are awesome, people. Yeah, and, um, and to merge this with the kind of a Metroid, and one of the other things I wanted to mention was one of the things that's really cool is it's randomized, but the um, there's certain uh, rooms that you can go in, and those are developed in a way. Those are kind of pre- like predetermined. Yeah, and they're puzzle rooms, so it doesn't feel like oh, this is just a big random mess of blocks. Uh, yeah, and exactly. It's and, one and of the best. It's set up so that the power then helps you get back out of mm-hmm. the room or something or, or and, whatever. And that and satisfies that room. itch. So it doesn't feel like just a random, you know, collection of, of yeah. blocks around. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, somehow, even though it's totally based on the user to, to decide where to go and to dig, there's just somehow mm-hmm. that it, it eventually it kicks in and there's a, there's just good pace to it somehow. I, you I don't you know, know what I was in the, before I even got to the mine the first time I played, uh, it tells you to dig down, you know, as soon as you get the axe. And I just uh-huh. went crazy and I dug down <laughs> and I screwed myself yeah. because I couldn't get back out. And the game didn't yeah. tell me, it didn't help me, it didn't do anything. And I love that about it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Let me restart. Also, you and die learn. or restart. There's kind of, it's sort of a steep, uh, you know, like a steep penalty for. They, what? They take away half your half your gold that you have on hand. And then you can yeah. re-get, you, you can get that if you find your corpse soon enough. It, there is there is not a uh, a, a an abundance of money though too so it's you know I, yeah, you so I, I never I never feel like I'm like always overspending on I mean right. you know I am always working up toward some type of purchase because there's coins there's like gold right. that you get but then there's also these orbs that you get too but that, that fits with the working working man working bot vibe to the game I think. Yeah, well, and that's the key to games like that, too, is, you know, sort of like we were talking about with Dragon Fantasy, where they sort of make the, you know, the hit points are more, but guess what, Mm -hmm. the enemies also have higher, you know, to begin with. So that, I mean, that's really kind of a key thing for games like this, to be able to to make that that carrot that you're chasing, you know, always just out of reach. And I like the way water is an expendable, so you can use up all your water for steam jumps, and it can be gone, you just have to dig deeper. And those little magic orbs that you use to buy certain elements, like those are cool because they don't automatically um, uh, I regenerate. Feel, I feel like the pools of water, though, don't don't when you because it seems like when you come back, the water has regenerated at some point. But you'll have to have like left the screen or something to begin with, I think. Right? Really? Or left the area? Because I, I feel like that when I used up a, a pool of water, I could go back to it later on at some point and and. Maybe if you completely deplete it, maybe if yeah, you totally not... totally kill it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so SteamWorld Dig, uh, Fistful of Dirt, um, I don't think there are any, there's not like a demo or anything for it, but I highly recommend that you at least go it's look up. It's only bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not expensive. Um, and I, I would feel pretty comfortable if, if what I've described to you across between Dig Dug and Metroid, if that tickles your fancy, um, I, I would say, I would say give it a shot. Take a chance on SteamWorld. So. I think it's one of the best games on the eShop. It's really impressive. I, yeah. Like I said, I had no idea. And, and even for the first few minutes, I was like, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be excellent, like a really good little game. So, mm-hmm. 
hopefully hopefully it gets some attention and uh, you know, it already is top maybe it'll come yeah. to some of, yeah that's right yeah, top, top of the, the charts of the yeah. but uh, hopefully we'll see it on some more accessible platforms too they they might come on the show oh is that that would be, awesome. Uh, be they, awesome yeah they wanted to come on but uh, Gamescom happened so uh, yeah Arr, Gamescom anyway so those are the games that I've been playing cool I dig it. Trivia time. You guys ready? Yes. You're ready for trivia. Ready to go. In honor yes. of the imminent release of Grand Theft Auto V, my neighborhood is already covered with bus ads and billboards. You guys? Gross. <laughs> Gross. So I thought we'd uh, use the franchise as the basis for this week's trivia. Well, Sage nice. is going to get the lowest fucking score then. Okay, let's jump right in. Not our fault you don't play the best games ever. Number one, okay. name the two comedians who have their voice and motions captured for the uh, Split Sides comedy club segments in Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh. Is it A, Joe Rogan and Patton Oswalt? B, Ricky Garvez and Cat Williams? C, Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart? Or D, Gallagher and Rip Taylor? A. I think it was Cat. A. B. Uh, was that B? Ricky Garvey and Cat Williams. Yeah, I think it was B. Okay, it seems like more of a Joe Rogan kind of thing, but I'm gonna yeah. go with Louis C.K. I just, I just like Louis C.K. That's the world I want to live in. Is where he's doing all the comedy in Grand Theft Auto. I, I feel like it would actually get more press if it were Louis C.K. And, oh, yeah. and I think that one of the guys kind of even maybe looks like Joe Rogan, kind of like a dark-haired kind of dude. <laughs> dressed up as a cowboy or something because those guys did a bunch of weird stuff in there didn't they <laughs> uh anyway but i'll, I'll say louis ck anyway correct answer b ricky garvey and cat williams Except right he did nice. stand up at some, one of the comedy clubs that you could take a date to isn't yeah. it pronounced gervais gervais is it yeah i thought it was too how did i say i just it? rocked gervais. your face Oh. Well, right. now we'll know, Blue. Now we'll know if he's listening because he will absolutely start using that as his line. <laughs> Number two, thinking back to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you probably remember Jizzy, whose car was referred to as the Pimp Mobile. Do you guys remember what the license plate read? Is it A. Ho to ho, B. Ask for sale, C. Low blow, or D. Hot coffee. B. Ask oh, for it sale. was. Sure. I I think I think it was B two because hot coffee wouldn't have made much sense at that point, since or unless they unless they edited more than just taking out the hot coffee segments. I sure. think I'll I'll go with B. Uh, I was kind of thinking B two. I gotta I gotta admit something here. I played like the first ten minutes of San Andreas. You I really didn't feel that one too much either. Bro. Yeah, I that's one of my secret shames. Mm. Correct answer. Ho to ho. Really? Yeah, ho to ho. Number three, besides being the best-selling game of its generation and the top-selling PlayStation 2 game of all time, pushing 8.5 million units, Grand Theft Auto Vice City also held a record as having one of the longest scripts for a game. Just how many pages were in the script 
A, over 500, B, over 600, C, over 850, or D, over 1,000? Why is it not over 9,000? That should be the option. Over 9,000. I'm going to go with D. Now, now is this Price is Right rules? (laughs) I'm going to go with 800. No. 800 wasn't one of the answers, though. What was one of the answers? Over 850. It was 8, 850, which is the okay, one I was going to pick because it stuck out. Because it was I'm going $1. 851. <laughs> that one. Um, I, I think I'm going to say over 600. Correct answer, over 1,000. Oh, uh, damn. I'll take that point. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, you did a dollar. <laughs> or let's reach way back in history for our next question. No. Reach further. Back even further. <laughs> all the way back, Jeremy. Back before the rock star. Working on my butt log. <laughs> Dan and Sam Hauser were called DMA Design. Name what the duo was going to title their original game. Was it called A, Manslaughter, B, New York Stories, C, Drug Lord, or D, Rock and Race and Chase? Drug Lord. I'm going to say Drug Lord. That sounds like something that would have been too edgy for around that time, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with B, because just because they ended up releasing Liberty City Stories, maybe that's an homage. That's an interesting, interesting, wrong answer. Sure. <laughs> What's the right She's answer, Jeremy? Captain Jeremy. It's the one that I picked, which is all of the above. Five hundred. <laughs> Put it in. He <laughs> Drew Carey. He can't do that. Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with A. Correct answer. You guys are all wrong. Race and chase. <laughs> race and chase. You know, in retrospect, if, that was the obvious one. Imagine if we were all waiting for Race and Chase Five right now. See, I hoped it wasn't that because it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's like a real breathing living. Wasn't that world, called race lock, and chase. lock and Chase? The old television game. Sure. Pop and lock. <laughs> Pop and lock, yes. Number five, the original Grand Theft Auto made its way onto the PlayStation, MS-DOS, Windows, and Game Boy Color systems. Name the two consoles which were due to get a port, but progress was shelved. A, the Dreamcast and Game Boy Advance. B, Nintendo 64 and the Saturn. C, 3DO and GameCube. Or D, Amiga CD32 and the SNES. Amiga. I think I'll say the Saturn and the N64 because I think DMA did have um, uh, what was that? Body Harvest. Yeah. I think they made uh, Body Harvest, um, and that was that on game. the N64. So that kind of would fit. I could potentially see that being a reality. I agree. Yeah, N64. I was really. I was. I really wanted to say Dreamcast and GBA until you said GameCube and 3DO. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with GameCube and 3DO. Correct answer, Virtual Boy and the Tiger. No, Shut your... Eat <laughs> shit, that's I'm not true. I'm kidding, it's Nintendo 64 and Saturn. I just got the yes. to eat shit on the, on the scat show. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, I think when that happens, kidding. you actually have to indulge. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Four guys, one girl, one podcast. <laughs> That's disco. Why does this have to be the shittiest podcast? I don't understand. Not- hey, don't call us the shittiest podcast. Then people will actually think they're shitty. we're shitty and not follow us anymore. Shut up. 
they can't get the pun of shitty after all the talk about poop you guys have engaged in, then they shouldn't listen to our podcast anyway. It's the, Don't tell anybody to unsubscribe. Most fecal podcast. There you go. Yes. That's the one. Now with 30% more corn. And <laughs> Blue, take us home. Keyboard cat. If you liked what you heard, then you might want to check out tech-gaming.com for new releases, reviews, and more. And you can also follow us on Twitter. And Robert Desert Eagle Allen is... <laughs> I'm Robert that's, Desert that's Eagle Allen. That's to fill in. At underscore tech slash gaming dot com and I sound like Jeremy sometimes uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I talk to him too much I guess <laughs> neither of you sounds like the other one which is sort of <laughs> astonishing it's like face off <laughs> you'd think one of you would get it right <laughs> it's like people are really gonna buy that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Bruce Willis in the future no hey Hey, oh my god, they did a really good job with that. Don't you dare talk shit about that. No, they didn't. <laughs> yes, they did. I wasn't hey, we're saving this for next time. You guys are absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeremy Lamont is... At Jeremy underscore Lamont. Hey. Sage, Samurage more screen is... Uh, came out of Blue's mouth. I am at Samurage. Came out of Blue's mouth. Ryan is... <laughs> Uh, well, my gamer tag is Linus twice. I have not broken into the Twitter sphere yet. You oh, you're supposed to do it after the last time you're on. Linus Failed. Oh, I didn't get the memo, guys. Please don't fire me. <laughs> Tell him how bad he sucks at games. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> he will do it promptly after the show. Absolutely. I am Blue Swim. And uh, not with us is Sean Nola. You ate shit and started this whole thing. That's true. <laughs> At Sean Nola. And you can follow Indie Outlook's Sai at S-A-Y-O-M-G-W-T-F. There is no BBQ at the end of that. Um, thank you very much for listening to oh, what may be our shittiest show in quite some time. Ha, ha, ha. Be sure <laughs> to check out our Facebook page because we post all our updates there. And Tumblr. And, and, tech, and tech gaming, of course. <laughs> MySpace. No, not MySpace. And Friendster. Oh, God. And on that note. <laughs> Check out our new Angel Fire homepage. Oh, no. <laughs> GeoCities. Geo I think GeoCities Geo is still up. <laughs> is GeoCities older than Angel Fire? Yes. I think so. it's the oldest thing ever. It's well. certainly a lot shadier than Angel Fire. Mm. No, Jeremy, the oldest thing ever is IRL. Check out our web ring. <laughs> <laughs>